0: Thank you. afternoon ladies and gentlemen it is ah shit no don't worry it's nothing major just closed the audio out when i didn't mean to it's okay i'll leave that up there for later it is thursday july the 16th all day 2020 the year that just keeps on giving it's another technical awful podcast i hope you're all uh doing well you're healthy you're happy you're wearing masks, and every time you see some old white person complaining about the fact they have to wear a mask to go into the Costco, you tell them to go fuck themselves. Mister Black, how are you doing? I'm doing alright. You doing alright? Chilling. Chilling. I'm still adjusting to the the buzzed hair.
1: If I'm going to be honest with you, I'm still oh, I'm I know. still
0: it's, I know it's an adjustment.
1: A, I know. I'm kind of missing my hair. I'll be honest with you. Whoa.
0: I'm Jesus today on the webcam. I'll wait, the sun came out like thirty seconds before this podcast started. I Had the webcam set up. It's okay. I'm gonna bask. I'm gonna bask in the light today. I'm just gonna take it all in. Do it up. It's not a tech off podcast. Got a great show lined up for you uh, today. all sorts of topics this week. We were no shortage of topics this week. Lots of news rolling through. Uh, and, uh, and so we can, uh, we can, uh, not have to worry about making things stretch like we've had to in the past few weeks. But before we get to that, I have to ask Mr. Black,
1: how was your week? It's the same old same. (laughs) Same shit, different pile. (laughs) <laughs> nothing, no, I have to, because eventually, nothing. like
0: the other week, like two weeks ago, it wasn't the same old same. So you have to, I have to ask. I it's, have the to ask. Yeah, not, it's the same. Yeah. Nothing's happened. Yeah.
1: It's the same.
0: It's been about the same, uh, here as, as well. Nothing particularly exciting. I've now gone to my second round of, uh, chiropractor and massage therapist in the last month. Nice. Like two weeks, two weeks apart. Um, because I was just fucked. I mean, I'm still fucked, but I'm less than I was before. Um, where I hadn't been to the chiropractor and my massage therapist in, well, since long before the Rona kicked in. And so, uh, well behind. And, uh, so that that's been the experience. Cause especially the massage therapist, I'm tight in places. I've never been tight before in terms of like, When they're doing the massage, you know, you'll hit areas where it just, it hurts like fuck. It fucking, it feels like knives, right? You Mm -hmm. know, they hit spots where like you go over top of it and you're like, my God, why am I paying you this much money? This is basically just masochism at this point. Uh, I started getting like numb in my ring and pinky fingers, both hands. And so I had compressed nerves in my, my shoulder areas and stuff. Uh, and so I went in specifically for that and, and, you know, working those areas out. It's my usual trouble spots where I have some scar tissue from years and years and years ago, but I'm, I'm unbelievably tight in behind my, my arm and down into my lats and down my arms. I had no fucking clue. And she started like working down my arms and I felt like somebody had set fire to both of my arms and I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) <laughs> i don't i was like i've never been this type for my arms and she was like oh my god your arms are terrible and she, but she's one of those uh you know massage therapists that kind of like sadistically likes whenever you know they find that you're hurting you're like oh i found a spot and it's like starting <laughs> to fucking like work on you it was like down into like my forearms and shit uh at the top of my forearm and, and underneath it were like close to my funny bone and shit And i was like oh my god what the fuck is happening So anyway, I think, uh, I think that, uh, that's all to say that, um, despite the fact that I'm only turning 32 here shortly, sitting at this desk and turning 32 at the same time, Mm. terrible combination. Yeah. It'll do that to you. It's not good. It'll do that to you. You know, both of us are now exercising again. You know, we're starting Mm -hmm. to pick up, pick up, you know, get the exercise again, which has felt good for sure. Give me a little energy. But it has not made the fact that I've been sitting in this chair for eight years any better.
1: Mm. Eight. Ten longer than that. Ten, ten coming years. Up, it's coming up. It's coming on ten. <laughs> it's ten years. Jesus.
0: Unbelievably tight in areas I've never been tight before is definitely a vagina joke in there somewhere. Yes. Mm. It's true. It was There's a softball. Uh we got lots of news to talk about, Jeff, so let's just get right, let's get right into, into it. it. I tried to to add some order to this so it all made sense, but some of it snuck in towards the end and just got crazy. First things first, No Man's Sky update. Again. Dropping another major content update. It's like the shit's on a fucking three month cycle. I don't know if these people sleep or eat or what, but they keep dropping it. Uh, This one's called Desolation and it includes um, a number of graphic updates, including... Ironically, given the fact that I'm basking it right now, a lot of lighting uh updates. I put the link there so you can take a look. I've already looked at all of it. If you want to see it, you can go ahead. they've got like uh video and and stuff that just auto plays on that uh, page the
1: page is down right now. oh,
0: so too many people are currently trying to access the page <laughs> at the mo at the moment, but yeah, it's down. uh yeah, major lighting changes and things it actually looks substantially better. It already looked good to begin with, but they made updates there. But more specifically, they've added derelict freighters, which is like, um, randomly generated or like procedurally generated freighters that you can find distress beacons for where the alien, some of the, the alien life, that's kind of like the flood and halo ish, uh, that's been in no man's sky, uh, since the beginning, it's taken over the ship, you go on it and it's almost like having like a mini version of like, um, dead space Mm. or some shit. It it kind of looks and plays out like that. Uh, so you can go and do those kinds of missions, uh, uh, as well. And then you get to, they made changes to upgrading your own freighter and whatnot, uh, and a bunch of other changes. I won't list them all. Uh, all I can say though, is that, uh, I'm just always impressed with how much these content patches are because they're never like small. They're always quite sizable. Uh, and, uh, it, it always makes me want to go back and, and, and try out more No Man's Sky. And so I probably will go back and, and play some more No Man's Sky and see how the uh, the content update uh, played out. But uh, yeah, definitely go and check it out if you're into No Man's Sky. And the, I think the joke for me at this point is that by the time that uh, uh, Star Citizen comes out, No Man's Sky will already be Star Citizen. Yes, and, and we'll have done it for free. Yes, <laughs> yes, that is, in, and that's facts. In fact, this update, like all the other ones, is not only is it free. But they currently, as soon as they release an update, they put a 50% off sale on all platforms. So you can buy No Man's Sky 50% off with a content update uh, that happens like every fucking three months. It's crazy. I think they're going for volume, and it's obviously working for them. It's yeah. like, look, we put out a content update, lots of social media buzz, put a sale on, we'll sell a bunch of copies, and we'll probably make more money doing that than if we were to make people pay Yeah, for these content releases and... Obviously, it's working, because they are tirelessly cranking this shit out. It's nonstop. stop So, there you go. Go check out some No Man's Sky. Next up, we've got Ghost of Tsushima, which finally dropped. At least in the reviews. I don't know if it's, like, officially out yet or not. I can't remember. But the early reviews are out. It's the, you know, the three, four days before the game release type reviews start popping up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, as expected... A shitload of comparisons are happening in these reviews to the game being a lot like Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, um, which is exactly what happened with Horizon Zero Dawn <laughs> when it happened. It's like reviewers have it in their mind that her, that that Breath of the Wild is like the one action adventure game that exists and that everything should be compared to Breath of the Wild No. The answer no. It's fucking weird, man. It's just it's just this big fandom. That's what it is, dude. And they, they use they, it. They use it to actually like mark down the game. Like no. the the two points of con of, of content uh, or con, uh, contest for this. Uh, first of all, I'll forgive me today. I haven't slept in about four days, so my my English is going to be fucking stroke tastic today. Just for fair warning. But uh, they the two complaints were that there's a lot of like it's it's. It's it boils down to it's like Breath of the Wild, but it's not Breath of the Wild, and you're like, what the fuck does that even mean? I don't know. And then the second one is that there's a, apparently it has like a cinematic mode or something um, that defaults the track to Japanese, but the main game itself is dubbed. The characters' voice, uh, like mouths, are dubbed for the English that the mm-hmm. game defaults to, mm-hmm. because obviously the team that made this game knew that the majority of playing this thing were going to be a bunch of English speakers. Yeah. And so they played to the market that was going to play it, and that's what they did. And so it's a bunch of classic Western wee motherfuckers bitching about why isn't this Japanese game done in Japanese by standard? Oh my God, how offended must the Japanese people be? And just like every other time, what do we find out? The Japanese reviewers, the Japanese public, they all think the game is fine. Nobody's complaining about fucking what the game was dubbed in or anything. Nobody's bitching and complaining. You only see that shit in the West. A bunch of white people that can't keep their fucking mouth shut on social media. And I promise you, it's mostly fucking white people doing it that are the the rooms are full of like of every every fucking manga known to man they've read one piece three times over and they can't wait for the next one to come out they have a fine collection of katanas of various lengths and they might own a triple or five that's the people that complain about this shit and then it was in the same thing i actually made two tweets about this before we went live i don't even know if you saw them probably not because you were on twitter the follow-up no. was a response to all of that, uh, you know, the the fact that the Japanese pe- didn't give a fuck about this, was, I don't know if you remember this, but remember when Sony did their, I think it was last year's E3, uh, and they had, it might have been for Ghost of Tsushima's, like, announcement, in fact, if I, I might have even forgotten that much, but it was a white dude who was playing that Japanese traditional, like, big-ass flute instrument mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. And do you remember how every, like, my everyone, I mean, a bunch of white people got really upset with the fact, like, why isn't this guy Japanese
1: playing this fucking instrument for this game? Why is he going to be white? I don't remember that, but I can, I can. It was a thing. I I can see that being a thing.
0: Social media, articles were written. It went the full fucking nine yards. Mm. And then as it turns out, every one of them had to shut the fuck up because that man is a ranked he's a master of that instrument that learned and trained in Japan and is revered by the Japanese people for his ability to play this instrument. Lol, and so bro. it's the same, it's the same thing every time. It's a bunch of fucking idiot white people virtue signaling for another race or culture that they have no fucking idea what
1: understand. They don't even understand they, just, understand? Need, they just want to shout.
0: They just want to get fucking mad about it. They're like, whitewashing! <laughs> it's, and so that's that's the, what you're seeing in some reviews are people complaining about stuff like that. Say, Look, I said it last week. Man, I'm getting brighter and brighter in this room. I love it. This is going to be amazing. People on YouTube are going to be like, oh my god, it's so bright on the webcam. I said this last week about Horizon Zero Dawn and, and making comparisons to Breath of the Wild. And I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that it's probably not too far flung when it comes to Ghost of Tsushima. Breath of the Wild is one of the most overrated games of our time. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Yeah. I played it. I beat it. I did a lot of the bonus content. My ex-girlfriend literally lived and breathed that fucking game for months. I know that game fucking inside and out. It's an overrated fucking game. At best, it was a 7 out of 10 on a good day. The reason it got higher and got praise is, like I said last week, it's what the fucking legend of Zelda. Of Zelda. That's it. That's-, <laughs> that's that's all it is. That's all it got is it's the legend of fucking Zelda. It's a nostalgia trip, and it wasn't even a good Zelda game. It was an. It was just a good action adventure game parading as a Zelda game. The dungeon designs were terrible. It wasn't. It wasn't that good at all. And then you play Horizon Zero Dawn and probably Ghost of Tsushima, and it's going to, as an action-adventure game open world, make Breath of the Wild look like a snooze-fest boring pile of shit. But yet, somehow, people are still comparing these games to Breath of the Wild instead of Breath of the Wild being compared to these
1: obviously superior games. Well, I think I think the reason why they're doing that is, number one, is is, you know... People clicks. are obviously biased and it's clicks. That's <laughs> that's honestly what it is, right? What are they gonna do? Are they gonna compare it to like, you know, some sort of great unknown game that the vast majority of people How about don't just don't do?
0: make comparisons when they don't need to be made? For, well, for it's a well, it's a uh, it's an m-rated samurai open world action adventure in, in like in, in like in like a yeah.
1: filmatic experience but you versus know, breath of the wild using breath of the wild is like using buzzwords. you know what i mean yeah. it gets the attentions of the casual it's the cloud jeff that's what it is man machine that's, learning that's that's what it is <laughs> that's why they do it so anyway it doesn't surprise <laughs> the block, me. We'll see. it's the blockchain. Yeah, I, this doesn't this doesn't surprise me and so we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah,
0: I i I I don't I don't plan to play it myself at least not right now. Um but I would be shocked if in the majority that game wasn't a much more competent game <laughs> than Breath of the Wild as a whole package cuz Breath of the Wild came down to like um, uh, quantity over quality. They mm-hmm. just, they literally at one point in the game, in Breath of the Wild, they have you collect like 900 plus pieces of fucking, uh, of like Korok seeds or some shit, and you get gifted a golden piece of shit. Literally. And that was their idea of a video game as an extra. And was just, what are we, what are we fucking doing? So anyway... That's. I, I just mentioned it because I, I personally find it weird to be comparing games that are, like, they're technically the same genre, but they're so fucking far flung from Breath of the Wild that it, that comparing it is silly. Uh, and then I have a personal vendetta against the fact that that game just critically did so fucking well because it's such a mediocre game. It's, it's just painful. Uh, next up. Speaking of something else that I have a vendetta against, Konami. And anytime I can say, fuck Konami, boy, let me tell you, fuck Konami. Konami cancels the new Castlevania game before it even fully launched. It's soft uh, launched in Canada, but it's still getting shut, uh, but it's getting shut down. It was a free-to-play mobile game called Grimoire. We'll probably just turn it into, my, I have this in my notes, we'll probably turn it into a pachinko machine. Why Konami is even in video games anymore is fucking beyond me. I, and I don't even know if you can even consider Konami still in video games at this point. I don't. Um, but I, I just... I, I I need them to get the fuck out and, and just sell their IPs to people that will make video games. Because they have some really good intellectual property underneath their name. And it it is disgusting that we have had to put up with their fuckery for as long as we have. Um, it's a, it's a five alarm fire. It, it like, it, I guess Pachinko must be killing it for them. Like it must be, it must be just like a really like inexpensive, but high payout business because fuck that's all they do. It's literally it. all Pachinko machines. That's it. Like we don't get silent Hill anymore. We don't get, um, uh, uh, Fuck. At this point We don't point, get anything out. We don't get anything. I can't even remember Konami's games anymore because it's been so long since they put a fucking video game out. Obviously Castlevania is one of those uh those franchises as well. So anyway, just thought I'd throw that in there because any opportunity that I can I can say, fuck Konami. Fuck Konami. Uh next up, Twitch misses the mark with its Black Lives Matter video and had to pull it off the internet. Did you see that video before it got pulled down? I, I
1: commented on it, and oh, it did a you? It got a bajillion retweets and likes. No way, I didn't see
0: it. How the fuck did I not see your tweet? That's why oh, Twitter bro, is failing I did, me. I did
1: like, I did like three. I did like three tweets. At least I don't and think was, I saw it. Yeah. Maybe
0: I didn't. I'm just not remembering. So, what? What was your?
1: So, just reiterate because I obviously forget. So, what did you say about it? Ah, uh, so uh, for those that uh, for those that didn't see it, Twitch basically put out a Black Lives Matter video um and 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 more so about it was heavily geared towards black content creators and black lives matter like at the end at the end of it it said something like you know black content creators matter or black con- uh support black creators something around those lines but uh somebody tagged me into the video because i didn't notice it right away and i'm like watching the video i'm like oh okay cool it's a black lives matter piece everybody's just kind of jumping on the you know, jumping on the black black. Hey, wait, from a you know a corporate standpoint, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't at exactly, this point, right? So yeah. like, I wasn't mad that they were doing it by any means, but yeah. at the same time, it's like okay. So uh, so I'm watching it, and I'm realizing that after I'm done watching it, there's all of two black people, uh, in black like there's two like black content creators, in the whole video, and the rest of it is you know like Doctor Lupo or uh and or uh and a bunch of other like people that you just see all the time, you know what I mean? And there's like, there's a couple of other people that I hadn't noticed before, but 95% of the people that are talking and like giving out this message were white people. And uh, so I'm done reading this and I started like watching, like the first thing in my mind after I was done reading the video or watching the video, I was like, where are are all the black content creators? Like, what was this? Um, And so I just wanted to see what other people's point of views were. And I'm uh, I'm reading down the stuff. And then, like, you've got a bunch of white content creators going like, dude, where are the black content creators in this? And I was thinking the same thing as a black content creator. So I was like, okay, maybe I should say something. So I tweeted out and I said, like, hey, I'm paraphrasing. I could probably actually find the the actual tweets. Uh, I'd have to. Find these. I don't know if somebody can find. Uh let me see here. Tweets and replies. let to scroll down, down, down. Ah, oh, here it is. So um, so I tweeted out to them. I think maybe you you need more people of color making these decisions on these type of campaigns. I appreciate all the streamers and thank them. Uh, but you really need to spotlight more uh creators of color on such a campaign. I rarely see black creators spotlighted. And then I uh, went down and I said, uh, "This is like running a campaign for female streamers and only having two of them in the actual video, and the rest are males." We love the message, just not the best way to implement it. It comes off feeling forced, uh, and uh, and you're doing, uh, and what you're doing doesn't feel authentic at all when you do it this way. Um, I also said, as a black content creator. I find it kind of weird and borderline offensive to see black creators only getting a push during Black History Month. Heck, even Black Lives Matter's campaign in your campaigns is ninety percent white creators, and then the message at the end is about black creators. It's tone deaf. And within, you know, five hours of it being up or so, I don't know how long it wasn't that long. Like a lot of people were mimicking the same thing. It wasn't just me. Uh, they just they just put it down. They just took it down uh and then you know their response was um do you have the response up here uh mm-hmm. i i read the response but i didn't post i didn't post it in here their, their response their response their response was well you know we're we apologize that the video i'm paraphrasing now yeah. uh we apologize that the video didn't come off um the way we intended it to we were basically spotlighting uh like white content creators speaking up for black content creators so to well, speak they said, they said like, something we're doing like we're all YouTube working yeah we're all working together.
0: together to get yeah to go towards the the end goal or whatever which is you know fine that's okay but yeah. just you all it's it's not like Twitch is 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 a barren wasteland uh for for black content creators. There's loads of, of even relatively high profile black content creators on the platform and why during the one month that you're standing up and doing your shit, um, whether it's a corporate job or otherwise, you couldn't take the five seconds to look at that and go, man, this is a pretty white ass looking video that we're yeah. about to put out. This could be seen, whether it's intentional or not, as being tone deaf. Maybe we should get some more black creators in on this Black Lives Matter, Black History Month, Black whatever fucking video we're doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it, 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 that's literally was my point. Like, I'm not hating on Twitch for coming out and speaking out for a great cause. No, I, and nobody I'm, I'm was hating a, on the nobody. on the content creators in the video. Hell it was, no, it was just you know, like shoutouts, shoutouts to those guys. They want to yes. do their part. and They want to help. Yeah, but my point was, is if Twitch actually had somebody that was black. I guarantee you, I, I can guarantee you, and I don't even know this, but I'm just guaranteeing it. The person in charge of making these calls were not, was not black because if that person was black, they would have been like, bro, where are the black content creators? They would have been like, dude, I like, I, you know, do you know what I'm, you know what I mean? And then I also put another thing in there. Uh, I also said, uh, um, fuck. Uh, I also said something in the lines of like, like Twitch. If you really want to help Black, t- uh, I'm paraphrasing again. But uh, if, if you if you really want to to help out Black content creators, reach out to us, talk to us, find out where we're struggling and the things that we could we need help on, or 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 that how we would like to be represented. But instead, you're just a bunch. of, No, no offense, but it seems like a bunch of white people are ultimately making the call on how to represent black content creators and i highly doubt that there's anybody black that are making any of these calls on our behalf um and 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 making it seem authentic uh and being authentic not even seem but just being authentic because when you put stuff out like that like even when all the white creators are going dude what the hell is this you know uh, as as a black creator i've been on twitch before it was Twitch, we all know this. I don't need to say it a million times. I've been you're on not the, here- and you're not the only one. I mean, there I'm are not others, the only one. But literally, in the circle of people that have founded Twitch, the first partners on Twitch, I was one the of the one, if not the only black creator. I don't remember when I first, I don't actually remember. Was Trihex that that era, or was he after? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. There is very few. I mean, it was very. Very yeah. few, if any. I mean, on day one, I might have literally been the only black person. But the reason why I'm saying that, I'm not saying it's a Twitch problem, but the reason why I'm saying that is I've been with Twitch since its inception. And I have never once been asked by Twitch for anything uh related in terms of like what they could do for the black community on Twitch. Or hey, how would you like to be represented? for Twitch on the community as a black content creator. I mean, we see it all the time. I've been part of I've I've gotten sponsorships because I'm black. Literally, I'm just going to go and say it. I've I've gotten sponsorships where literally people have told me, "We need like we like you. You're you're consistent, you got good numbers, and you fit the mold. We need more representation within our company." To show diversification, so that we can hit different demographics. You know, if you have somebody uh, of of any color being represented and being sponsored by a product, then you speak to those that community, right? It's like it's like the LGBTQ community, uh, if I'm getting that right. Uh, with it depends <laughs> on who you're. Here. It depends on who you talk to. It's, it's longer it's or shorter, thing. but yeah, you you want to have that representation, right? So. If 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 a company wants to speak to that community, they got to get a person to represent that community as an influencer of, hey, you know, it gets the stamp of approval. And I have I've I've worked with Twitch a couple of times in the past, and it was all because I won't say the person's name, but it was all because I was really close with the Twitch employee that treated me very well and got me in. With the in crowd. The moment he was gone. I've never had anything to do with Twitch. Ever. They have never asked me to do fuck all. Since he's been gone. I haven't had any like inside deals. Uh, I haven't been sent out to anything. Nothing like that. This guy went to bat for me. And other people. And got them in. But now it's just. It's about like the same 10 people. That just get the same uh, treatment all the time. That's just the way it is. But I have never been asked from Twitch at all. How, what is it like to be a black content creator? You know, you, you see, you see Twitch streams and Twitch sponsored events where if there's somebody black on the stream, then the whole chat goes into a tryhard and a, the whole, the tryhard hard emote. And there's all this racist stuff and all this stuff. No, and they don't no, do no, Chuck. The try mode
0: emote isn't
1: racist according to Twitch. They don't do any, They but the thing is, is they don't. <laughs> They don't do anything about it. It's just like this. It's just swept under the rug, and that's you know what. I'm not going to say that's okay because it's not okay. But the fact is, is if they actually came, if they believe that these emotes and different things aren't used in a in a, in a negative way, uh, then then they obviously don't speak to us. Bro, if I they, had they I know. had
0: that conversation with a Twitch upper in the upper ends of partnership. When coming back here from being away at Hitbox, and they were asking me what Hitbox was doing differently that would have been the catalyst for so many creators to leave Twitch before to go there that Twitch wasn't doing. And we were, that was the conversation we were having. And at one point, I brought up the community aspect that Twitch had long since lost even then. And this is like fucking five years ago, six years ago now. And... Um, brought that, it brought those things to his attention, including mo specifically at the time, that time was around the time the tryhard emote was being co-opted as a racist emote mm-hmm. for, you know, uh, like, you know, a monkey shows up on, on, uh, in a game or on screen or whatever. And all of a sudden it's tryhard fucking getting spammed in chat and shit by like the thousands on some channels. And I, I said to him, I said, I gotta be honest with you, bro. I mean... You guys have got to, you guys have got to, as a platform, you have to decide what you stand for and what you don't stand for. And playing the, playing the, we're we're not, you know, we're, it's, it's used for good, but it's also used for bad. And we don't want to like take it away from the people using it normally because some people are using it in poor taste. And and I said to him, I said, that's. I said, that's probably the worst possible answer you could give because all it means to me or sounds like to me is corporate bullshit where Twitch, where Twitch is not interested in taking a stance in any direction because they're afraid it's going to affect their bottom line, whether it's racism or something else, it is all bottom line. And from that was five, six years ago, we're seeing the fruits of that fucking labor now with a lot of the stuff that's that's happening and it's gotten worse. So furthering, furthering that. Uh, earlier in that week or whatever, they had re- they had put out or before or after the Black Lives Matter, I can't remember which which direction it was. I have earlier here in the notes, they had put out an LGBTQ uh, two plus a uh, again I can't the list is is long, but I think that's about it. Video that also missed the mark when they said, and again how this went this it tells you that this video going live on the corporate account on Twitter. Shows you that pretty much everyone making these decisions has no clue. They are, they are in their own little fucking universe. Whoever pressed the okay button for this to go out the door. Because either there are people internal to the company not saying anything about this shit. Because they're afraid to get smacked down for standing up. Or the people at the top are just ignoring it and saying don't worry about it and pressing the go button anyway. Because they put this video out. And they said in the video, uh, that was for the G in LGBTQIA plus also stands for gamer. And I was like, fuck. No, it doesn't. I was like, no, no, it doesn't. No. What fucking, what fucking like straight white male marketing (laughs) intern that just got out of first year like marketing in in university gave you that fucking pitch, and why did you take it? And that went live on the corporate account
1: yeah yeah this is this this is exactly what I'm talking about. It's like you just need representation and you just need to like talk to us, talk to the different communities within Twitch. And get their input and get their honest input we'd love to give it to them um you know and i'm not i don't want to make this a bashing on uh on twitch i, I really don't i don't want to get into it because the reality is man when it comes down to this stuff it's just tone deaf it comes off of unauthentic it comes off like it's pandering to to it, it it just feels forced it's like somebody at the top goes you know what there's w- w- this is it this is time to get some good karma Let's just get out there and just jump on the, you know, we'll just jump, we'll just jump on it. But, and, and they, and there's nothing wrong with searching for some good karma and giving out a good message and, and rallying people together, but you like, and sensitive topics like this in a day and age like this, you got to at least go in educated and you got to go in like with a purpose, a mission and get it out there. And be confident when you put it out there. Putting something out there and deleting it and saying sorry. And then putting something else out there. It, 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 it's, it's just its not good. And the reality is they have an infinite amount of people they could reach out to on their platform. That is, That are doing it full time. Where they can get all the information they need. They, and I tell you. I would gladly sit down with a Twitch employee for an hour. And tell them my experience about b- being a black streamer on the platform and the the things that I uh, go through, good, bad, or indifferent. I have no problem sharing. I need to pay me nothing. I need to be an employee. And then you, you and then you go to other black creators, and I guarantee you, you're gonna get the exact same things uh, with with within a w- w- you know uh, within a radius. You're gonna get relatively the same uh, message, and then you take all the information collectively. And then you build something and then you put it out because it just, why why am I having you some, like you said, some intern or whoever, because it can't be anybody that has any big experience with this type of stuff. Like this is somebody with
0: no, not just experience in marketing, but life experience.
1: Exactly. So like if you have all of this to your disposal, why are you not using it? And if you're going to represent an entire community on such a big campaign and you really want to you know hit it home talk to the people find out what we're going through don't look at it like this from the outside and go yeah you know black people are really struggling let's put in some clips of black live matter chants and we'll we'll, you know oh i think we still got a whole bunch of these other streamers we work on on the regular on retainer let's just get them to like no you know, no no jeff, you know,
0: jeff, listen 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 <laughs> you're overthinking it jeff look this is all we need to do all right Whenever there's a social issue of any kind, all we gotta do is put Dr. Lupo at the front of the fucking video, and the rest doesn't matter. We just stick Dr. Lupo, who is, like, becoming Twitch's, like that was easy button, where every time there's a video to go out, and this is not to say anything about Dr. Lupo, because Dr. Lupo is fucking great. That's the reason
1: why they want him. That's the reason why they
0: do this, but it's going to start making Dr. Lupo look like the bad dude, because he's being fucking the, the face of every time Twitch is like, we need to look good in this community. Quick, somebody turn on the Dr. Lupo bat signal. Yeah. And they got like a fucking red phone in the head office, like they did in the like Commissioner Gordon, like the phone... Yeah. He picks it up and it dials a special phone in Dr. Lupo's streaming office. And Dr. Lupo picks it up and goes, Oh my God, Dr. Lupo! He's like, Emmett, what's wrong? Ah, they're coming after me. I need your help. said, All right, well, I'm here for you. I'm in the middle of raising another $6 million for St. Jude, but if we can take like 30 seconds of our time to cover your ass, yeah, let's let's, let's do it. Mm -hmm. And so he does. But I mean, for fuck's sakes, just Black Lives Matter. Put in some fucking black content creators. For God's sake. If you're gonna yeah, virtue signal, at least
1: do it properly. At least like, do it properly. Fucking put and, some effort in. And not only that, like start if if you're if you're really about this, start showing it. Start promoting people of color. Start promoting these other uh, other communities. Uh, because if i I challenge anybody at any time, whether whether you're listening to this podcast right now or you're listening to it at another time, or a VOD, whether it's three, da- three days down the road, a week down the road, whenever, go to the front page of Twitch and see how many people of color you see on the front page of Twitch. I, I challenge you. And the, o- the only time that you ever see these types of things is during Black History Month. And you know what? Like, Okay, I love the fact that, y- that you're, you're, you're celebrating Black History Month and, and stuff, but why does it have to be one month? Why can't it be all year round? It doesn't mean we need to be in the face all the time, but put us in the conversation, have us represented all the time in some way, shape or form for all communities, not just black, every, everybody. If we're, if we're really about that, if you, if this is the, well, the let's, message be, honest. You send, no, let's just- be
0: honest. Remember about a, uh, probably seven years ago, probably around the time, the person you're talking with that we both knew that helped us on Twitch was still active. And the front page of Twitch was a place where they had people internally working to find not just big streamers but smaller streamers that Twitch was in that said, you know, looked at it and said, This is good content. Let's more people should see this because they're buried right now was what the front page was utilized for. Mm-hmm. Now the front page is a is is just a, a, marketing machine. a fucking marketing machine for Twitch. You you used to be able to, as a partner Email in and yep. schedule front page time Yep. and then make up and, and get an event going as a good promotion for that was part of your partner package. They probably still say somewhere that that's a thing, but how many people actually get access to that at this point? i mean i don't on the front page i'm not seeing people fucking i'm, I'm seeing front the page, same
1: five people yeah front page it, it's either a lot of the same people or maybe it's it's randomized i have no idea how they do it but i can tell you a lot of it is used for promotional stuff you know if you if, if you know sponsors will buy out uh specific time slots to get promoted on front page and line you up uh with with a deal it's part of it and that's part that's part of their pitch to you as well i've done deals like that i've yeah i've been i've been sponsored in the past where part of the deal was like okay we can only pay you this much but we also are going to be able to get you an hour on the front page you go to an hour on the front page you're going to get like a hundred thousand unique new viewers which if you're doing your job correctly you can convert those into followers subs support in any way shape or form so it is a good way to get promotion i know that's how it's used a lot But I mean, if you really want to have representation and you're really about black content creators, support black content creators, then put them on, man. Put them on other than February or put them on other than this massive hashtag Black Lives Matter movement, because if the Black Lives Matter movement didn't happen, our our black live support in terms of Twitch, our black support ends in February. Dr. Lupo wouldn't have to be called up, Jeff. No, that's just the way it is. I mean, I'm just speaking the truth, man. That's true. And I, and I just, it would, it would be nice if they just showed it. Uh, and like I said, not just black, all different types of communities w- on Twitch. Speaking all to of- this, speaking
0: to this, this is how far reaching Twitch's, uh, push to, to like the same fucking like 20 people on this website goes. I follow, I don't follow a lot of people, but I follow enough people that if, if uh, during peak hours of the day, when most of them are streaming, If I would go to my follow page on a 32-inch fucking monitor, 1440p, you only get, like, two rows of people who are online. And then there's, like, a little button that says, you know, show more to see the rest of who you... You're on your own following page. It's the people you follow, but after two rows... There's a show more button, and what do they put above the fold? Which is, if you don't know that terminology in web design, it's whatever you first see on your screen without having to scroll. So the above the fold content is the most important on any page. And for Twitch, you know what that means? The top two rows of your following, regardless of how many people are streaming, usually ordered by number of fucking concurrent viewers, yep. followed immediately by, here's some people we think you'd like. Dr. The fucking Lupo. Dr. Do- uh, uh, Dr. Disrespect. Tim yeah. the Tatman, uh, fucking ammunition. Just It's like the same fucking 20, it's not, Danny, they're not the streamer's problem, this is just Twitch, no. but it's the same people, and it's, it's right there, so there have been many times where I've gone onto the following page, looking for people who are streaming, not even realizing or, or, or forgetting that there's even a fucking show more button at the time, and just assuming that they weren't even live, but it's because they have like, you know, I follow some streamers that have 30, 40 concurrent viewers, 10, 15 concurrent viewers. And they're buried at the bottom of my friend, my follow list, which wouldn't be a problem if my following page was literally the people I follow. Yeah, dude. That's up there with Facebook. Every time you make a post, saying, "Hey, we know you've got twenty thousand people following your page, but only about two hundred of them are going to see it unless you pay us fifteen ninety nine to put it in front of them."
1: Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, they missed the mark. They took the video down. Um, it just seems like a reoccurring thing. And, you know, I just I, I just hope that Twitch one day just kind of, like, either hires... It's a great opportunity for them to hire some really talented people of color and, and different uh, communities and things like that and just really get a, a sincere input from life experience and trust uh, what we tell you instead of just assuming... And just jumping on, you know, some sort of cause because you feel like corporately, you 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 have to go out and say something. In a lot of cases, you kind of do. Uh, it's just the way it is, or you're going to get called out for not. So I, I like, but I, just uh, do it properly. But do it properly. Like this is your chance to hit a home run. Like this is your chance. And there's a lot of bad karma that's been going around. This is your chance to like start gathering up some some easy karma points. It's a fucking it's, softball, it's, bro. It really is a softball, and you you're just missing over and over and over again. It's not hard to reach out, dude. I can't. I can't imagine how many people of color or from LGBTQ community or um, you know, uh, really any any color. How many streamers there are, whether it's full time, part time, uh, casual, whatever, dude. It's infinite. It really is. Just make a reach out, man. Send out one of those like little emails, uh, little forms, and and get our opinion. You know, start taking inventory on the type of people that you have on your platform. You know what Twitch and,
0: fucking needs, bro? Learn from that. You, you you really will. You know what Twitch fucking needs? They need a fucking scouting team. Right? They mm. need to treat this shit at this point like it's professional sports. Okay? They go to the college team, they sit in the bleachers. And their entire job is to scour the hordes of shitty basketball players. To find the diamond in the rough for their team. Not the obvious picks always. you know not the not the LeBron fucking James of college basketball. but like but like maybe it's gonna be a hockey analogy, like the fucking Henrik Zetterberg. We need like a, a person that when they go to the draft, they're probably going to be like the fifth or tenth fucking pick. But we know that they're a good fucking player. But it's not going to be seen as that. In Twitch's eyes, what that means is, there are some fucking incredibly good, consistent streamers that are just constantly stuck at like 20, 30, 50 fucking viewers. and But they might represent Twitch and Twitch's idealistic streaming profile better than these people pulling in 10, 15,000. And so why not have a program of talent scouts put them on and get them and push them to the front fucking page, foster some of the smaller streamers so that they can become bigger streamers, which makes Twitch the money that they so desperately want, while also allowing other people that definitely deserve it some screen time. You can you get so much money as a company. You've got enough money going around that you can twiddle your thumbs over how many white people you can put into a Black Lives Matter fucking video to cram it out at the last second. Pay somebody or three. Put a council together. I don't fucking know. You put one together for something else. That's I'm probably never going to hear about that council again. Get talented people that are buried on your site that has a discoverability issue because there are like three million streamers to pull up the good shit.
1: I agree, it's not a bad idea.
0: You can it's do really- that with any of the communities. It doesn't you
1: know, it doesn't have to be about race, well, but then that's an easier way to find. Well, we we've and I'll I'll leave it at this and we'll move on. Um, you know why that doesn't happen? Is because there is, and it sounds sad, but the heart of Twitch is dead. There is there is no more sense of community there is it's there is no more sense of of this unbreakable bond that there was 4 years ago and i'm not just saying that as an old guard but a lot of people have left twitch employee wise because of a lot of things and the a lot of changes the corporate the just the machine that it had become and the the community management side the 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 feeling like we were part of this and now we're a number and there's only a select certain people that are still part of that that train and they're part of that train because they generate millions of dollars and the reality is I know it's a business I really do but when they do when they keep coming out with these things their sense of community their sense of love within the community and love of gaming, it is it is almost gone. There's something there, and it's really the fans and the streamers that make that thing. But in terms of the corporate side and the people that are running it, and the thing is, is a lot of the people, and I still know some Twitch employees, they're good people, but their hands are tied. they, they only can do so much. Like they're, you know, you, you, you only get so much pull and then you got to kind of shut up and do up or you know it just it is what it is so i think until you get some community managers and whoever's calling the shots and writing the checks go hey we need actual community members we need people to go out and scout talent we need people to go out and talk to these different communities so that we can speak to these communities and make things better nothing's going to change and the reality is is the the machine makes billions of dollars and i don't think it's going to change uh and so you just kind of have to do your part and within your community and just sort of survive that's what this is you almost have to build up your walls within your own little community and fight any type of viruses that come in and just kind of keep hold of what you have and when you do that it you lose that that camaraderie of gaming and 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 team and and just gamers coming together, it just becomes this. This I hate to use the word segregated thing, but it becomes very. You know it what I mean. It becomes a
0: high school cafeteria.
1: Yes, th- and that's just it, and it sucks. But and you know, you know who's
0: been talking more about it lately, and I love it. Man vs.
1: game, man vs. fucking game. He's going crazy. He's, he's saying, going in. Yeah, he doesn't care anymore. He's just speaking his mind because it's a shit show. Everyone speaking fucking their mind now. Love it. I need. I needed this man
0: versus game years ago i think man versus game needed this man versus game years ago if i'm being honest with his mental health probably would have been yeah fucking a lot better uh if he had gone it but he has been going in on it and i i like it because he is also somebody who's been around since the dawn of time and and everything he mentioned he mentions it does sound like you know we're we're like the get off my lawn old guy sitting on the porch but but everything he's mentioning even if it seems silly Twitch is like a fucking Las Vegas casino right now for streams. Everything has a fucking chat pop-up, a fucking thing flash up on the screen, a a, a jingle to go with it. It's like a constant... It's like a constant friggin' flashing Las Vegas strip, twenty four hours a day. There's bits flying everywhere. There's gifted fucking subs. The subs trigger fucking free emotes for like twenty four hours, or they spend bi- they they spend like channel points to get free twenty four hour. And like so, everyone's constantly thanking other people in yeah. chat, like with they the premium.
1: giving. It's just
0: everything is just everything's just constantly just all the time just blah blah blah. blah. It's just all noise.
1: And 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 it's it's fucking shit is what it is. Well, and the reality is is we've been trained as streamers to to kind of buy into this. You know, there was a time where Twitch was having a hard time getting a piece of the donation segments and getting getting in the pockets of the streamers, and now. They've created these tools, which has been great for us in one way, but it's like it's either get on the train or really get left behind. You really have to adopt these sort of things in order to survive on Twitch because if you're not fighting for it, somebody else is going to fight for it because they've been trained to do it. And so, you know, you it's just it's just how the beast is. You know, you got to adapt. So, you know, I'm not totally hating on that because, you know, if you work it, there are tools that twitch has, that twitch has implemented so that you can make more and and actually give more value to your viewers in terms of like um giving them an experience so i can appreciate that but at the same time you basically have been squeezed to to conform in in, in a in a in a way and package your your monetization in a way that fits their mold because if you don't get on their on their mold you're losing out big time yeah. and and that's just that's just the way it I'm, is but I'm that's a, a totally I'm, different that's a yeah. totally different tangent that yeah. you
0: know yeah 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 so it's a totally different tangent but it was just in, in 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 conjunction with the the corporatization of twitch and and why the corp the corporate side of it is why we're getting these kind of videos yeah, and this of kind of reaction of uh, I'm a simple man I want my stream to be 90% about the game and 10% about me cuz that's what twitch it was that was the heart of twitch is your streaming games and you find somebody liking to hang out, and if they like your content, they subscribe to you or send you a few fucking dollars, and that's it. It's not. It's not get in so that you can have a fucking hype train yeah. and like a bunch of other like shit. Like it's because I feel like can I make just this is a totally different topic now, but I'm going to do this. We'll move. We'll move on because there's other Twitch stuff to talk about. The for me, it's I had this exact conversation with who? Who was I talking with about this? I can't remember who it was now. Um, fuck. Anyway, I had this conversation not that long ago, and it was about the whole thing about um, about donations or tips, depending on what you want to fucking call it, and and subs and uh, and and gifted subs and and bits and all this other like all the monetization stuff that comes with with Twitch, and the growing list. And you know what my what my uh, thoughts on them were, and what I what I do. And I said, look, you know, and this is and this is not to out a bunch of people, but it is also to out a bunch of people. I guess at the end of the day, and not, and not that I don't think viewers are aware of this, but a lot a lot and the people watching this right now, you guys are getting fucking played like a fiddle. Straight up, you're getting had for your fucking money. Um, streaming and monetizing streaming about. I would say sixty percent of the income of a streamer can be dramatically increased by playing a a, a social experiment. It's a psychological and social experiment. It's taking the concept of fifteen seconds or fifteen minutes of fame, reducing it even further than fifteen seconds, and then creating little microcosms of that exact fame and 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 the the inflated sense of importance around certain aspects of a stream. And if you have like any abilities as a salesperson, or, or any abilities as somebody to read individuals, or if you're good, some people are naturally good at manipulating other people, you can make a fucking killing on this site with like a hundred viewers. A fucking killing. I have actively, personally, tried to avoid gamifying the fuck out of every part, part of my stream for financial gain, because I feel like it's fucking wrong because a lot of people will give you a lot of money that they don't fucking have because of the culture at Twitch. It's the polar opposite of YouTube where everyone wants free shit on YouTube. Twitch people are literally socially engineered to fucking give money for anything. If a fucking three pixel little dick came up on stream for a 0.2 seconds and they spent five dollars <laughs> to make it happen... They're like, ha, 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 I did that. And that gets them going. You will get people spending countless dollars that they do not have for that exact thing. And so can you milk the fuck out of them? Yes. The only time I will admit, and I told the person I was talking to that I've ever personally fucking done this, it might have even been shady I was talking to, is when Jeff and I have done uh, charity streams. That's it, because of where the money is going. That's the only time I will socially fuck the whole, and, and play into Twitch's usual monetization game is for charity. And even that's fucking stupid. But the thing about content creation for me and the older I get and more, the less money I make, and it's, but it's how I sleep at night is because I have two options. I make okay money as it is now. I make more money than most people in this province doing what I do on like the back of a concurrent 60 fucking people on Twitch to give you an idea of what can be done people are milking you guys for fucking money I'm not saying stop because you're supporting your content creators but just be aware patreon.com slash like TV if yeah if you've been if you've been like there's nothing wrong with supporting people but be sensible and and put your money into people that you really fucking consume their content that's fair. And don't put people on a fucking pedestal because you will spend more money than you have when you do that shit. Jeff and I are normal ass fucking people, as normal as we
1: fucking come. We have never put on a face on stream, fucking ever for this shit. Well, Nessie, see, now we're getting now we're getting now we're getting it's, gifted ironic subs. ironically gifted done, subs. Adam, you you playing them right now? Playing them like a fiddle. Adam, you playing them? They're going right in your hand, Adam. But this all, uh, to tie it
0: back in, Twitch knows this, like Jeff was saying, they were trying to get in on yeah. that exact fucking thing because they weren't seeing that money outside of subs. Yeah. Because we've talked about in the, f- in the past, 50% or more of a streamer's income are tips. Full stop. And so when Twitch was seeing that, they were like, fuck, we're missing out on 50% of the fucking income being made on this website. And yeah. what did they do? Bits. And how many people, Jeff? Do you still see that that when they are told that bits are
1: worse than just giving a straight tip, are going, "What? What do you mean?" Yeah, they don't even know. I they actually, don't. They I, don't know. I actually explained that yesterday on stream. Yeah. Uh, a guy, a guy said, "Uh, let me buy some more bits or something like that." I'm like, dude. I was like, I listen. If you're gonna use the bits and 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 you're getting something out of that, then I'm never gonna s- complain about the support. But like you're paying extra to just give money. You know what I mean? Like you can give directly and give less and still give the same amount or you can just give more to the person that you're trying to support. You know, it's one thing if you're gifting a sub, like I get it, gifting subs and stuff. Like there is value there because... Most of the people getting gifted subs are never going to re-fucking sub. A lot of them don't. That is true. And that's the reason why uh, uh, Twitch... Twitch streamers, they have these these ups and downs in subs, right? And it actually makes it harder to track your monthly income because of does. gifted subs. It does. Um, so like for example, when and listen, guys, don't get don't get me wrong. All right. I never never complain about any type of support. It's always appreciated and it's great. And if you support Adam, myself, or anybody else that you watch, and, and Adam hit it perfectly on the head if you're consuming somebody enough and you really want to see them succeed and you support what they do and you're and you're getting value out of the content then go ahead man support your favorite your favorite content creator uh if you're getting value in it um but the 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 hard the hardest part about the gifting of subs is it is it's a constant fight i know for me personally is when you hit a benchmark as a streamer you always want to go above the next thing, but with the gifting of subs is it's such a roller coaster that like one day, you know, uh several days ago, I had two thousand subs in a day, which is insane. so come the fourth or whatever it is of August, my sub count is gonna drop by probably nineteen hundred you know, maybe a hundred of those two thousand will will resubscribe um so. I'm going to take a huge hit. Now, great. I made a bunch of money, people supported, and you know, you almost have to look at it as a donation because if you don't come that time next month, I'm almost going to be chasing to get back to where I was. And if things aren't going well, it it really mentally it's deflating where where it's like you're at this constant fight to try and get back to the good month or the even even not even financially just to feel like you're progressing and twitch has has engineered this in a way that we're almost fighting to get twitch paid when before and i can tell you definitively the amount of like donation tips whatever you want to call them support that i have gotten in the past before this gifting of subs 5X? it has dropped, it it has dropped bro it has dropped it's like a fifth. Oh, easily. Yeah. Easily, bro. Easily. I mean, I went back and I was watching uh, some some of my old content before I had to delete it all. And there were days, man, where like donation amount was like, it. W- I look back and go, whoa, was it really that good? Because it was good. Uh, but now they're engineered, the viewer and us. We've trained now essentially uh, not only ourselves, but our viewers that this is this is the way of giving, this is the way it should be because everybody now is fighting to get the to get those sub counts. I mean, even to unlock emotes. I even today I was like, if I hit sixty two hundred, I can unlock an emote. You know what I mean? And 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 we're they've got us playing this game um, where it, it, we're constantly fighting. And then as you have these ups and downs, it's hard on a streamer's mentality to to just keep going it's like an it's it's a never ending grind um to just keep this consistency up um you know it's it's tough it's tough it's rewarding don't get me wrong but you're absolutely right it's been gamified and um you know in a way it's great because when it really works it does benefit the streamers but i think in the long term it's creating an almost an unhealthy and it's not because of the viewers it it it's the it's the what the streamer has to do in the grind and, and the psychological warfare that you play with yourself and I know I'm not the only person I can, I well, I know that's it's like every streamer uh, a fa- like just straight across the well, board a, a point that Drew Drew just uh, Drew, Drew just
0: brought up as well and this is something that I was thinking about at the time and I, what I've noticed on my own personal I don't know if you've noticed this as well Jeff but even for people who were sub to me for years before um you'll end up getting like a couple of viewers. I know I have a couple of viewers on my stream that gift the majority of the gifted subs. Yeah. And they don't tend to do them in like small batches. They show up in a day and they're going to oh. gift fucking a lot hordes of subs. And so it's gotten to the point now where there are a lot of people who aren't subbing because they are just assuming that they're eventually going to hit the lotto that month of getting a gifted sub on the stream. And yeah. if that gifted sub doesn't happen, I'm now losing. Yeah. Originally, that person's sub, and so it's a it, it's a weird fucking.
1: Well, again, I think it's a, wor-
0: again, it's like a social. It's a
1: fucking. Yeah. It's a weird social the, experiment. The whole and the, the worst. Whole thing. I think the worst part about it is because I love the. I'll be honest. I actually love the gifting of subs. I I I, I think it's a good thing when it's used correctly. And I I love the fact, and I've seen this, right? Because there's the other side where I have some big supporters on my stream and the majority of their support comes through gifting subs. So not only do they get to support me, right, and keep me going, but they also get to support other viewers that might not be able to afford to sub or were um, on the fence. And then when they do sub, sometimes, like I would say 10 15% will actually resub They'll continue what that person does. And some go even further, which is even more amazing to see, is they pay it forward. They even, Twitch even says, pay it forward. And they they get gifted a sub. They go, shit, I'm going to go and gift somebody a sub. That's amazing to see. That's community at its finest. The part that I don't like, this part I absolutely hate, is Twitch will just randomly give followers a sub. They, and... There are so many botted accounts that come in to your stream, and this actually happened the other day where uh, my 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 stream just got hit hard with these botted followers, and I'm like, what the fuck? So my my alarms going off, right? New follower, new follower, new follower, and you could tell they're all just botted. They come in like sixty of them at a time, and then one of them will get a, a random gifted sub, and you're like, whoa, this isn't even a fucking person, dude. This is like. A botted sub that is never going to resub ever again. How are they? St- how are we still getting bot accounts on Twitch at this point? I don't know. I, how- I I don't know. I I hope that Twitch. I hope that Twitch. Um. I hope that Twitch implements a way that now they've got these these uh, these channel points where you're in here the longest you have channel points. It would be nice if. When gifted subs go out, it goes out to people that have the most hours or time on your stream. Like like community members that are there a lot. The algorithm for gifted one.
0: subs could be a lot better than the are.
1: Exactly. If if they change the algorithm a little bit, man, they it would help us out and it would help Twitch out. Because the people that are getting gifted a sub are actually part of the community and enjoy it. And then they're more likely to pay it forward to resub and puts more money in my pocket, more money in Twitch's pocket. And that's how it works. But because of the fact that the gifted subs are just randomly given out um, a lot of the time, you know, sure, a lot of them do go to people that are on the stream. But sometimes there are subs that just basically go to waste. And in return, it's like donating money to me and donating money to Twitch when it should be yeah, you're supporting and it basically uh you know, supporting myself or Adam, but then you're also giving a community member uh the the benefits of a sub, not watching any ads, channel emotes, being part of that sort of inner inner circle, you know, the the fellowship or what the war council, whatever it is that we call it, um, you know, you're part of that 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 train too. So, I think I I think once Twitch kind of moves that around because I love the twitch prime thing was amazing for streamers they nailed that out of the fucking park that shit was that was bravo to twitch because they gave more value to amazon uh, members they put more money in the pockets of the streamers they put more money in the pockets of themselves it sucks that you can't auto renew it you have to like manually do it each month but you know that's not the end of the world you, you get some lost subs because of that but ultimately you know it is what it is if they could put that same impl- implementation for gifted subs Man, I, I they would do so much uh, more for for the streamers. But don't get it twisted. I think the gifting of the subs is great. I just wish there wasn't such a roller coaster of emotions every month and every other day when you see it drop. And it gets to the point where viewers are, remember before they used to look at your, your view count as your success? They'd be like, bro, you're at 300 viewers. What happened, man? What happened? What it used to get thousands, man. What happened? Now they go, oh, man, you're only at a thousand subs. Oh, man. And it's like it's it's the viewer, no matter what stream you go into. This is just mine or yours, bro. This is across Twitch. This is like a Twitch-wide thing. They come in and they look at the sub count. Before they even look at the game, like what's going on? They come in and they're like, okay, what what's that? And then if it's bad they got to say something about it if it's good it's like hell yeah let's fucking go let's get let's rally the troops and you know and and when when a streamer hears that they drop they know they've dropped 500 subs and then they hear the the chat saying oh dude what happened it's a damper man it's a fucking damper and then you know it's it's this never ending cycle so that's that's my two bits on it um but you're right uh it, everything is gamified and there is value in it there is Uh, because some people enjoy being part of the show and I understand that there's value in that. Um, I try and make it as, um, as value add as I can by giving viewers their own personal announcements and, uh, different types of, of sounds for different types of bombs and different things like that, just to give them more value for when they give. And that's all I can really do because I have to play ball or I don't have a job. Like that's just the reality of it, bro. It's either we gotta get on the pot, or we gotta get the fuck off the train. You know what I'm saying? If you if you don't play ball with these guys, dude, your 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 income is gonna go down, 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 down until eventually you're toast. So you gotta you gotta play ball. Like that's just the way it is. The the, the Twitch machine has changed, and you gotta you gotta adapt or you're gone. Speaking of the Twitch machine changing, Jeff. Yeah, Doctor Disrespect.
0: Has broken his silence mm. and not did really. not really well. He did well, it's more than saying nothing, okay. Uh, so he, uh, he's done several interviews, uh, all resulting in plus or minus about the same thing in all, uh, in, in every one of them. Uh, I had a link here somewhere, there it is. Uh, this is coming by way of Dexerto, who, uh, that did, uh, they the combined a bunch of the, uh, of the interviews and pulled the quotes and stuff. Because a lot of it was the same, but there were some differing things. So, the doc obviously did some interviews with a bunch of different websites. Uh, I mean, it was a smattering, including the Washington Post and others. And, uh, so we have, like, a little bit more insight into it. Uh, but it's still, uh, it still leaves everything very much in the land of, uh, of mystery. Did you watch his video on Twitter? That went up. That must've gone up literally about 15 minutes after I checked his Twitter. Cause I checked his Twitter today in relation to this. Cause this stuff only popped three hours or so, maybe four hours ago. So he must've tweeted like right after I fucking looked. So I didn't see the tweet. What did he say in the tweet? Uh,
1: well, it's a video. Oh, okay. And it's a video of like doctor disrespects like um silhouette and there's right. a there's a song playing which is actually a pretty fire song and basically the lyrics of the song is it's out of my hands it's out of my hands something right um and it just slowly pans in towards doctor disrespect and it it's over so um it's some cryptic stuff um but yeah essentially i read the article too um he didn't really say much. He pretty much said, uh, well, I still said, don't know why. He said, I still don't know. We just don't know. It was a shock. Um,
0: obviously, you know, he talks about how it was like stressful for the family and whatnot because obviously you just lose your up and lose your job regardless of how much money you're making. Oh, yeah. It's always going to be fucking scary. scary. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, oh. Where was it that he talked about? Okay, so uh, you know, Twitch has, has Twitch has still not said anything. All they've really said is, "As is our process, we take appropriate action when we have evidence that a streamer has acted in violation of our community guidelines or terms of service. These apply to all streamers, regardless of status or prominence in the community, including Doc, who was just signed on with Twitch. The deal was like two months deep uh, when this happened. Um, they did uh, talk to him about. The whole uh theory about having his own streaming platform. He said that's crazy speculation, not worth commenting on. Um But he did say he he did confirm that his time on Twitch is definitely done. That's oh, over. 100%. Yeah. Uh but then he, and that he has a few options on the table. He said, obviously for legal counsel, I have to be careful here. But I can say, however, that I will not be returning to Twitch. So I mean that's it. And then he said, let's just say all the cards are on the table. I'm more focused on just making sure whatever we do next, whether it's a platform move or not, that it's the right decision for the community and the champions club that follows me. And that makes sense to what I want uh, and, and that makes sense to what I want to continue to accomplish with this character in terms of taking things to the next level and whether it's streaming or outside of streaming. So it's just being conscientious of that decision. Uh, and then the report confirmed in an email that Doc confirmed that he is considering streaming on his own website, ChampionsClub.gg, and has other options like, of course, YouTube and Facebook Gaming as well. And he also noted, aside from that, that he is considering legal action. So, um... Considering? I well, mean, uh... I so... Mean- Obviously, for him to have been giving these interviews, he's had substantial legal counsel to be able to even go out and do this. Yeah. So whatever the lawyers have at this point, they obviously feel like whatever the removal was, was not particularly strongly founded, Uh, especially if he's even mentioning, thinking about legal action. They must have some idea if Uh he's even formulating the idea of possibly seeking legal action against which. So, um... I don't... It's not a lot more information that we didn't already have, but things like him saying, um, still saying that he doesn't know what's going on, doubling down on that, confirming that he is in fact done on Twitch personally or otherwise uh mentioning that he may even stream on his own website would be f- fucking substantial that's no small undertaking but somebody the size of Doc could probably pull it off with uh within reason I would imagine um and again that he is considering legal action those are the 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 major notes here and then the only other thing I think of is that he's talking about whether it's streaming or outside of streaming because we know that he has like a cartoon coming about the character and things of that nature so he's probably he may very well be considering fucking off from streaming altogether and just running this character outside of the streaming world and just running the business from that angle and just getting the dollars out of it that he can and just being done because we all know he could retire any day he wants at this point doesn't really matter but I don't think he strikes me as a guy who wants to retire that early. I think he still wants he's he still wants to work. So yeah. um
1: unless he's been blowing all of his money. I mean, we ha- I have no idea. Yeah, we have know. no idea he I could be blowing, blowing his money, but he could be blowing all of his money and he might need the job, but I mean, you know, he's likely made enough that you know, if he if if I wouldn't really say retirement in terms of like never work again, but he's probably in a position where he can do what he wants and yeah. his family's taken care of. It's more than likely. I think ultimately what's going to happen is Doc knows why he's been banned without a doubt. Whether Twitch told him or not, the guy fucking knows. He knows what's going on. And there's a very, very high probability that, you know, there's NDA signed. There's a big legal thing going on right now. um, And he would never tell you even if. And, you know, if it's something really bad or it's something that he feels as though can be covered up through the lawyers that may never come out. Then, of course, he's going to play it off and say, Hey, I have no idea what this is for and just never bring it up again. Um, but I highly, highly doubt that uh, it'll stay a secret forever. Um, do I see Doc going to the championsclub.org or whatever his website is? Um, I only see that happening if Doc plans to stream occasionally and then do like his Hollywood thing. Because if he decides to go full time like he was on Twitch on his own website, He doesn't have that traffic through. Sure, he'll be successful. Sure, he'll make more than most of us do, uh, uh, by by a substantial margin. But his growth will be stunted. It it'll it'll essentially he'll be in that 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 tub we we've always talked about where it's the same viewers circling that tub, and more and more hype and action will go on on YouTube and Twitch and Facebook. And people will just be more drawn over to those places until eventually he will slow down and and ultimately be forgotten uh, to a degree, um, to the point where he's no longer thriving. He's surviving or just maintaining, uh, which he might be OK with, depending on where in his career he wants to go. Um, but I think if he wants to go full time again and want to be a daily streamer and get on those hypes and get get the thing going, he's got to go to YouTube and that's ultimately where he will go depending on how serious the thing is YouTube just may not sign a exclusivity deal they might they might just say hey you know what you can stream on my on my um my website and do whatever you want uh but I'm not gonna like pay you you know what I mean like we're not gonna we're not gonna sign a two three year deal for 20 30 million dollars you can just stream on it like everybody else because there's tons of people on YouTube that have controversies around them that are like known fucking, you know, uh, you name it under the sun. And YouTube isn't about to shadow ban him, uh, you know, or just completely, you know, cancel him like Twitch did. Uh, They'll still allow him to stream on the platform. He just won't, he won't get like a ninja deal or a, you know, whoever deal. That's, that's my two cents. But who knows? Yeah, it's, um... I
0: The fact that he's even doing these interviews so if there was a gag order let's say on Twitch and it was a federal crime and that's why it's a gag order and why Twitch hasn't said anything to him I have to assume that Doc's own legal counsel would have sussed that out and he wouldn't have even given these interviews yeah. so I think that I think that the fact that these have happened Plays more to the theories that we were talking about last time where we were discussing that it was probably a business deal that he was working on the side that Twitch found out about, wasn't a big fan of and found any reason they could within their TOS to just get rid of him, and then not say anything because if they don't say anything, then it's whatever. And eventually, like everything else on the internet, the internet forgets. And it just goes into fucking obscurity as he goes to some other platform and it's it's off their hands, yeah, um what that deal is, fuck if I know i'm 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 certain I mean, if it goes to court, shit's going to be public, we're going to know about it. If it goes to court but they settle. We're not going to know very much about it because it's going to be, it's going to be settled outside and there will be an NDA sign that says, Hey, we settled, we paid you your money. You got to shut up now. Um, but whatever it is, uh, it's going to continue to have the internet fucking scratching their head over the shit because it's, it, it, it's, it, wild, bro. it's wild. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. It's fucking wild. Uh, next up. And of course we'll talk about more of that whenever we find out more about that incredibly crazy situation tencent postures uh, to buy up the company that makes warframe warframe very 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 popular game uh with an ex- extremely dedicated community uh one of the most well-handled ongoing games in the industry in warframe and that company also has hands-on um the dev that's working on the lord of the rings mmo with amazon Tencent has been continuing to look for ways to break their way into the Western market. They really uh, have a big um, love for online-related stuff, mobile and online-related gaming. Uh, this company fits that bill pretty much exactly to a T, and it's something with, well within their wheelhouse of being able to just come in and give them a big cash offer and just buy them right the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly what we're seeing. So it's uh, it was originally rumored that Sony was considering doing it. Uh, but that's no longer happening. Basically the company is, uh, has entered into an agreement in, a, in such a way that the deal is not, the deal is not done. But if there is a deal to be done in terms of se- uh, selling the company within probably the next quarter, it will be to Tencent. Um, and yeah, it just continues to be all, all about Tencent. Um, and I, I was going to talk about that as well. So, um, uh, uh, Zevin just mentioned this I also am not a big fan of Tencent's reach at this point it's not that I'm sitting here boycotting everything that Tencent has their hands in because there'd almost be no games left for me to fucking play if I did that mm-hmm. but I I am I am I, not a huge fan of just how much fucking reach Tencent currently has Tencent is a Chinese government owned company getting their hands into a lot of fucking pockets and a lot of places and a lot of industries, um, working their way into the West that I'm just not a big fan of. And we all know that information is the end game for almost any company that gets to that size, just like it is for Amazon, just like it is for Google. Products seem like the surface thing, but their money is made in information. And uh, there is something to be said about, about having a certain level of of comfort and i use the word comfort loosely and your information information being given and used by somebody like google on your own home soil versus the chinese government using it for whatever fucking purposes they would have and it seems like an innocuous thing you know you think about what information and what kind of data they're pulling from people playing games you would be fucking surprised how much information you can get from almost anything you would find to be completely frivolous. Uh, I mean, Am- Amazon will figure out you're pregnant before you are just based on your fucking browsing history for Christ's sake. I mean, it is nuts. Yeah. So not a big fan of it personally. Uh, and, uh, but I'm, it, this is not exactly going to end anytime soon. Tencent because they're a Chinese government run company pretty much has unlimited funds. They don't, they don't have like a, uh, like a, a stop to their money. I mean, their money basically just goes on and on and on. And so, uh, we're not going to see this stop anytime soon. Uh, and, uh, it's just something to maybe keep an eye on because depending on what games you play and if they're partially or wholly owned by Tencent, just understand where your information is going. You might be comfortable with Google or fucking Facebook having your shit, but you might not want the Chinese government taking all your shit. Just like you shouldn't have TikTok on your phone. For God's sake, get that fucking program off your phone. That shit is wild. I um, mean, the same sense, same thing here. It's why I don't have Valorant on my computer. The root access fucking thing of the computer and giving that up to a company uh, is a joke. And the fact that people are still hacking the game tells you that it's useless anyway. Uh, and with Riot being, uh, being basically an, an under... Uh, an underpinning of Tencent at this point, you're pretty much just handing it over. So, uh, just be, perhaps, mindful of that stuff. But yeah, looking to buy up uh, Warframe's company, and we'll see what happens if that does come along. Because f- so far, Tencent's MO has been, buy up a company and then let them do whatever the fuck. They're not interested in getting their hands involved all that much. You might have some technology that they're interested in or whatever, but they don't really touch the games very much. They do, you, you do you, You've been doing a good job. Keep fucking doing it. And and uh and they use them for other reasons. Uh, past that, it's time for some trailers, Jeff. We gotta we got a fucking few things to watch. You ready a little for a little watch party? Alright, let's do it. Alright, you guys are gonna see the starting screen on stream momentarily. I'm just gonna get this all queued up here. <coughs> and so, whoop. And so, first up, we've got, uh, Far Cry 6. So, Far Cry 6 was announced, uh, with Giancarlo Esposito as the cover bad guy. Uh, if you don't know who that is, it's El Polio Loco! From Breaking Bad. Uh, that's the wrong page, there we go. And so, uh, yeah, he, he hinted he was working on a big project, and, uh, people were like, hey, he's pretty much already a Far Cry villain, and as it turns out, he is. And so here we go. You ready to play? Yep. All right. Three, two, one, go. ultra Doing some work on an old Chevy car model?
2: Perfect, but useless. I have something for you, Diego. (laughs) Give me your hands. Papa. Now, the grenade is simple. It has four basic parts. The shell, which contains the explosive, the fuse, the handle, and of course, the pin
0: This is a dad handing his what son a grenade going? and has just pulled Breathe. the fucking pin on it. <laughs> Breathe.
2: The pin simply holds the handle in place. It is only when you let go that this grenade goes boom.
0: Follow me. No pressure, son.
2: No. El Presidente, which means that someday you will be El Presidente, and our people, they do not know how to be happy. They are torn apart by opinions, noise, indecision, strangled by their own freedoms. And even if you have love in your heart, even if you want what's best for them, if you only want to save them from themselves... They will hate you, Diego. Everything you say, do, believe, will be wrong.
0: No big deal, just almost killed himself.
2: They will answer you with screams. Call you... Evil. A monster. And give you... This. So you tell me. Are you evil?
0: Oh, time to uh, have the kid throw a live grenade into a crowd of people.
2: like this grenade except it has two basic parts our people and you and you must clutch them nice and tight or we all go boom
0: yeah hey it's that model car but on fire You love to see male bonding time, Jeff.
2: it.
1: Watch more
3: from Far Cry 6.
0: There you go. The Far Cry 6 trailer. What
1: what were your thoughts on that bad boy? uh I mean it looks great uh, when I say it looks great the the thing is is I never get too pumped up about trailers uh, in these c g i into kathy's weight loss battle you know things, things like, really started to go downhill you've got she you've got great you've got a great actor five times. a phenomenal actor and
0: sorry sorry v shred just started playing an automatic commercial in the background, and so I had to listen to some fucking beach bum with genetics that tells everyone to eat almonds, to look skinny and have eight pack abs talking in the background. Sorry. Continue.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, listen, you got a great actor. You've got what looks to be competent writing and, um, the dynamic here is intriguing. The, the setting is intriguing. Um, I hope that we get the perspective of, of like a bad guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's great. It looks graphically, it looks insane. Uh, I mean, what more? what more do I say? I just don't know what the gameplay will be like. I don't know, you know, because ultimately we're playing a game. If that was a trailer for like an animated film, then i'd be really excited i'd be like damn i i want to watch more of that like i want to see what happens does he throw the grenade you know the, how does this unfold so they've got me intrigued but ultimately it comes down to gameplay you know i feel like now it's not too hard to generate a really good cutscene or a trailer to sell video games it's just how good is the game and judging from far cry in the past um it's likely going to be a competent video game that is very similar to like Assassin's Creed, where you got good gameplay, but it's extremely repetitive and it's just more of the same. I mean, as a trailer, it's got me super intrigued. The they they picked the right actor and star of of the game uh, for it being the face that's going to sell copies. But is the game good? I mean, who knows? So here's my here's my I, I've played Far
0: Cry three and four and ever since ubisoft stumbled across the character voss in far cry 3 um they've been chasing the dragon trying to figure out how to get voss as a character not literally but like recreate that magic that they had with voss because in far cry in far cry 3 voss wasn't even traditionally or wasn't originally i should say supposed to be A prominent character. He was just supposed to be another side bitch, but when the voice actor came in and smashed it, they sat back and went, oh fuck, this guy's better than our main villain. We need to make this guy a much bigger part of the game. And so literally wrote in and made Voss a bigger character than he was supposed to be. And if you ask people about Far Cry 3, the one thing that they remember is the speech about insanity. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results a speech that Voss gives nobody well, remembers
1: the fucking real villain of Far Cry 3 fuck i don't even remember the real villain of Far Cry 3 well did you see did you see this i mean uh, i don't know if you saw this or not here i'll post it in your discord um essentially people are saying and thinking that this little boy is Voss and this is a prequel and um we we actually get to play as Voss and we get to see how he became who <laughs> he is. So they
0: gave up trying to recreate Voss and just said, fuck it. Let's just do young Voss instead.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cause if, if you look at the, tr- at the uh, logo, um, the same, he has the exact same scar in the exact same place uh, as Voss does. And, Hmm. I wonder, you know, if you want to recapture that in a bottle and you want to sell copies, well, give us the young boss and good, let's see good way to do it yeah so For, if that's how they if that if that's how they're doing it i think it's smart you've got a really really great actor playing sort of the father or the guardian or whatever um so why not um yeah i hear about them as
0: about them as games like so to your point about about the like having your attention but What's the game going to be like? Far Cry three, four, and five are pretty much the same video game, especially three and four, to the point where three and four had these same flamethrower burn down a drug field, except they changed the drug. Yeah. It was it was weed in one game and opiate. Uh, it was opium in uh, in the other, and uh, like just they're very pretty games, graphically speaking and the writing for certain characters and the storylines are usually... I'm going to say characters, because the storyline is the same storyline every time. It's a resistance group. Join X resistance group, fight Y guy, and that's Far Cry. And, uh... Yeah.
1: yeah, Weed featuring Skrillex. Fuck me. That was oh, the yeah, thing. We'll see. we'll see. Let's keep this show moving, because, bro, I'm looking at this list. We go. Oh, we got. We got we, I, didn't,
0: I was almost on my.
1: I was almost yeah, on yeah, my yeah. point. You know Far Cry Six? All right, we'll see. All right, we'll we'll see. Yeah, the it, it trailer looks amazing. It, it's got me intrigued. I'm sure it's got just about everybody that watched that trailer wants to know what the fuck happens next. So, great job. But it's going to be another Far, Far Cry game. I just Ooh. want. I just want. I just at this point, I just want Far Cry movies
0: and not Far Cry video games because oh, I'm more I, interested.
1: They'll yeah, they'll milk this for a long time. Then we'll get the Far Cry, yeah. you know, Netflix series. Uh, so next up, we've
0: got, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla got some actual gameplay. And so I've got you on a timestamp there, uh, Mr. Black. Uh, so right. we can just, w- we're not watching, obviously, the whole thing. That's why I got a timestamp. We're just going to watch a little, a little segment here I found of some, some, like a decent mishmash of gameplay, and, uh, we'll take a look at that. So let's, uh, take a little look-see into, uh, some actual gameplay of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. You ready? Let's do it.
4: Three, two, one, go. Um, obviously, these people have been run down by Ruid. And the, so this the, the is coming from the territory. So I Ubisoft. Think people have sort of uh, A so little event that they just had uh, in the last two so days. Avor is basically helping them take back one of their their prize locations um, by taking a couple men and raiding a nearby um, township. Basically taking it back for the people and showing that there's there's a reason to continue fighting.
0: Could they at least have gotten some- the horn on her mouth there? Did you see that? I like think the horn was like eight inches off her face. All right, that guy got decapitated. Oh, that's yep. Yeah.
4: Right. When A4 does this, obviously, you have access to a full suite of abilities, so, again, the improvements that we've done to the- Did
0: she just system, miss four um, swings and then throw her axe behind axe throwing her. Throwing in
4: there? You have archery or, like, a range combat abilities in there as well. Um, so really, again, like, depending on what your playstyle is, you can customize your loadout and go in there, um, how you wish.
3: We just saw this giant pulse go out. What exactly was it's that? It's bat vision. So Ever
0: since is Arkham Asylum, the
4: Odin sight. The Odin sight is basically Odin our Sights. interpretation of the um, the eagle vision from previous games. It's literally to, to sort of bring that back. literally the bat vision. Actually perceives the world. When Blair uses that, you can. It'll highlight, basically, interactive objects, like, things that will bring her an advantage, so we'll have arrows- That cons- looks really cool, like but when you've
0: probably seen it by the end of the so game really about like 500 times her of her smacking a dude's head with a couple of hammers.
4: ...and showing you, like, things that you can go and touch.
3: Yeah, I mean, speaking of things we can touch, we just picked up this awesome new weapon it's something we wanted to play with on
4: Assassin's Creed Valhalla where we have fewer weapons in the game but you can invest in them more so they become your weapon and so depending what your preferred playstyle is or your preferred weapon type then you can go and choose I'm going to I'm going to fight with this weapon and invest heavily into that
3: not only are we looting weapons but we see something here called the book of knowledge yeah. can you tell us a little bit more about that the unlock skills for the
4: player, so here you can see the Valkyrie dive that has just been unlocked. We have these spread out throughout the world, so again, to promote exploration and discovery, as you travel through the world and you explore locations, you can find these books that will add abilities that you can Oh go my god, it looks like Assassin's Creed, end, finally! We're climbing a building, Jeff! Then go into Oof, the-
1: little different baby. locations. little We got there,
0: it took games. a while, but we hit the building the climbing. climbing. Now we're gonna blow a horn at the now top of this building.
3: we've this village, we've secured more troops for our assault. Let's Is jump Is she actually gonna get her mouth on this one? ...figure out what we wanna do with the ruin.:
0: No, we're not gonna see it, okay. Well, that's
4: fine. The rightful king of East Anglia has spared your life today. And so it will be. <laughs>
2: Compassion is a virtue suited for anyone evil. It's not
0: compassionate. Vikings want to die on a battlefield. You. Dumbass.
4: Eivor decided to let him live, Ruid is really angry about that. Being a Norse Viking, being put to the death in battle is your road to Valhalla, so he was basically denied access to Valhalla in this situation. RIP. Obviously all of these decisions come into play later on in the game, so we have very difficult decisions for the player to make, we didn't want to have easy
3: uh, decisions. Yeah, you know, when I was playing I I decided to listen to Oswald and spare Ruid's life but what exactly is the relationship like between Avor and Oswald? So the relationship between Avor and Oswald is, is is an alliance. It's
4: uh, I gotta keep it a hundred, Jeff. Surrounded by territories, I'm already bored, um, bro. This this in
0: looks in like a, a snooze sports fest, and, um, and it's um, graphically not even that new new impressive. New I new new mean,
4: new new this new new looks kind of jank. I suspect that's because they have to make this thing
0: run on the old consoles, and so they're kind of like fucked on that. Territory. But, I mean, this um, looks like a game so that came out five years ago.
4: <laughs> uh, Eivor comes in here, meets Oswald. The problems he had with Ruud are sort of put to light, and going through the arc, you basically help him deal with Rued. Why am I and, all right aligning? Why basically, games I don't want listen to this fucking one, this uh, fucking nerd
1: talk about this fucking story, so, bro. We've I just want to see complete gameplay. Assault. We've
3: gotten our hands dirty with some combat, taking down Ruud. Oh, one, one sec, we one have sec. This big open region of East Anglia. Here so we go. So here we go. We all off right. to Oswald's way. Right. what do you say? We head out, have some fun, and see what we can get into in the open world. Let's see That's what the
0: open world looks. Looks like Jeff and then we'll end it let's so see what we, we see got a there's a cat
3: here with a speech bubble above it and you best there's believe a cat, me, Jeff. let me talk to a cat I'm gonna talk to a cat yeah these these are some of our um
4: some of my favorite moments actually in the game where we put in put out a whole bunch of events throughout the territory um, all right and, and now I'm done we it's us, got it we
0: got let's go look at the open world and the first thing they did was let's go talk
1: to this cat Crazy man, bro. That game. I mean, yeah, sure. You know, the thought of it. Vikings. It's a good time. I'm seeing it. It looks like not as a good time as a lot of games that are out. So there's. If you want to see more guys, there is a. It's a full 30 minute showing of
0: of the game. So there. You know. I think there's at one point they do a boss battle. Uh, in there as well. I didn't want to show the boss battle part, of course. But you can go and check that out. However, I have to say that from everything I watched in that, um, it really doesn't look like a particularly good game. It just looks super mediocre. In like every in every way. But the thing that really strikes me is that is that this is supposed to be an Assassin's Creed game. What part of that game struck you as Assassin's Creed climbing? There was three seconds of building climbing that it's was cl- that was the closest part of Assassin's Creed that we got. so I mean, at this point they're just using the name I think for the clout uh and the brand recognition because the games don't even represent Assassin's Creed at this point in my in my opinion it's it's pretty much. You know what they look like? They look like a discount Witcher. Is what yep. they remind me of. They remind yep. me of a discount, a hard discount Witcher. And so uh, I guess if you're, you know, if you're interested in in continuing the Assassin's Creed line, then there you go. But uh, holy tits, that was a snooze fest. Next up, uh, not a snooze fest in my book, even though you would think it might be. Microsoft's flight simulator. We got a trailer for it. It's like a minute, it's like a minute long or something like that. We're gonna watch it here in a second. But the thing that made me laugh and it chuckled is it was on Twitter. It's gonna have a physical edition. Now we already talked about the size of this game in the past. So it's got like tens of thousands of airports. It's basically mapped the whole fucking world. It's nuts. It's a big game. It comes the, the physical edition comes on 10 discs. And I doubt that even encompasses the entirety of the game. That's probably just the start, and then you got to download like some f- fucking ninety gigs worth of extra uh, data on top of that. But ten discs. It reminds me of when games were on floppy disks, and they got to like before CD-ROMs were a thing, and they were games were getting bigger and bigger, and there was like fucking nine floppy disks for like a single game. And mm. so we got that. and We got a little trailer that we can uh, that we can watch just to go along with it. And this is. Real, we're getting actual in-game footage, presumably running on the Series X. All right. This is going to be available on August the, what do I have written down here? August the, I want to say 14th? Yeah, 18th, August the 18th, and it will be on Game Pass as well. So if you have Game Pass, you're getting it. Uh oh 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 oh! There we go. All right, you got. Are you ready? I'm ready. Three, two, one, go. Real time 4K. Right off the rip, it looks pretty fucking nuts. I'm just blown away at like the the fact that they've mapped so much of the world for this shit. Bro, that looks dope. Look at that shit. That's fucking wild. I'm- I'm not even a flight simulator guy And I'm about to learn how to fly a plane just to see some of this shit That's pretty dope
1: Music is making this It's very adventurous Dude, even the trees look fire!
0: Bro, that looks fucking... Unreal The technology they use to make this fucking happen is just mind-blowing to me.
1: There you go. Big sauce ending there, but, you know. I mean, what Uh, uh, would you expect? The
0: the ending of a flight simulator to (laughs) be... (laughs) <laughs> yeah I don't know Just uh... there's only so much you can do there uh, um, yeah that's pretty good looks shit looks crazy and yes, yeah, so I talk over trailers a lot because this is a podcast and a lot of people listen to this in audio form and so if we didn't they'd just be hearing fucking music for a minute and 40 seconds with no context not even a reaction to it that's how podcasts work I'm sorry I talked over it go watch it on YouTube you'll live but yeah i'm not even into flight simulators and yet holy shit i kind of want to learn how to fly a plane just to fly around in that game because it looks pretty I crazy
1: or within 10 minutes but shit's beautiful shit you know, is gorgeous i wouldn't be surprised if
0: a whole new section of twitch crops up around flight simulator it's possible like, just, you know, the background chill stream, where it's like, I'm about to, like, today it will be, today I'm flying from here to here! Like, that's today's stream! Well, I'm literally just flying from here to here! And people are like, fuck yeah, put that on the background! I bet you there are gonna be some people that have, like, the full fucking kit, they'll have, like, two webcams, they'll have, like, a full friggin', uh, you know, they're gonna have, like, hotas and everything set up, pedals, the whole nine you because know, people take this shit fucking seriously. I could, uh, I definitely, definitely see that happening. Uh, no plans for VR though for this. Can you believe that? Missed opportunity. Uh, a missed opportunity. Will I rule it? Well, I, well, I, do I think that they, uh, they you know, they're going to rule it out forever? I
1: don't think so. Does it need it? Not really. No, I mean, but not I mean, really. In VR in a beautiful game like that, like sitting in a cockpit. I mean, it'd be pretty. Well, here's
0: the problem: is that is that there are so many switches and and buttons and shit in all these cockpits, and they're all different. They're all mapped like their real life counterparts. And whether you're using a keyboard or you're using your hashtag, i gotta get one Stream Deck, or if you've got your uh, your Hotas with like physical, like Brian is setting up, where he's building a fucking cockpit for the what the plane, the two planes or whatever that he flies most. If you got a VR headset on, unless you map it perfectly in front of you like the real plane, you, you're not going to be able to reach out like you're seeing with your eyes and, like, flip the switch, you know, where it is in the cockpit. Um, so it would make it a little difficult. Uh, and there's a lot going on. Once you're in the air and you're you on autopilot mostly, yeah, sure. If you're not using, like, a small, like, a biplane, fucking flip your headset on and see some shit. But, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a little difficult. All right, next up, uh, we've got... Oh, yes, they had a trailer for the X, uh, Xbox Velocity Architecture, which is a fancy word, uh, word salad that's talking about their, their custom NVMe uh, solid-state drive uh, for the Series X, which uh, they talk about the hardware-software combo that maximizes data streaming and utilization. It was just a reminder that for all the talk that Sony's been doing about their storage... Microsoft's like, hey, you know who else can do custom NVMe storage? Us over here. It's, it's not... And inevitably, the PC market will also have fast NVMe storage. Sony's just talking up a a, a major fucking game. So that was just a just toss that in there. Not anything major to talk about. Um. Uh, what is something nice to talk about, though, and in addition to objectively the best value in gaming right now, uh, is Microsoft announcing that uh, Project xCloud uh, will be available to Game Pass Ultimate users at no additional cost in September. So if you've got Game Pass Ultimate, you get access to all of those games, and they're giving you pro- uh, access to Project xCloud, which means any of those games you have on, uh, on your service, you'll be able to stream those games to any of your devices that xCloud supports without having to pay any extra money for it. Just tacking more and more value onto the whatever 15 fucking dollars a month or the crazy-ass low amount they're asking for for, for Ultimate uh, Game Pass, uh, you'll be able to do that. So, there you go. So, whether you're on your PC, the Xbox, your phone, whatever, you'll be able to do it all under Game Pass. And furthermore, they confirmed again that it is their intent that every Xbox One game that does not require the Connect will be playable at launch on the Series X. So, all Xbox One games that don't require Connect, every single one of them, day one, you can play them on the Series X. And uh, and then an extension of that, all the the first-party Xbox Game Studios titles, so they're like the ultra first-party titles, will also be, be playable on both the Series X and Xbox One for the next year or two. They doubled down on that uh, again. Which, I'm... I'm pleased about because it allows people time to transfer over to the next-gen consoles without missing out on games. But at the same time, you kind of just want to see games made to utilize these consoles. And when you're a first-party developer, you have the most access to really milk that system dry most of the time. And so it kind of makes me sad that we're going to have to wait like three years before we're going to get a chance to see Xbox Game Studios' first-party titles just focus on making a game that utilizes the Series X, whereas PlayStation is not doing any of that shit. Like, fuck all you that own a PlayStation 4 or a PS4 Pro, fuck that. First-party titles, PS5 only. It's all you're getting, and we're going to milk it for all it's worth. And so there's going to be a pretty... I I, I suspect there will be a pretty dramatic discrepancy in first-party titles... In terms of how they play and the scope of the games, or how good they might look, between the first-party PlayStation Five titles and the first-party Xbox titles, until they Xbox properly stops producing first-party titles for the current generation of titles. Mm. Yeah, but hey, there you go. If you lots of people, I'm no, I know more and more people on Game Pass. They're just adding more and more fucking value now. You don't now you get XCloud wherever the fuck. And if Stadia wasn't already useless, well, now they're super fucking useless. Don't even, don't even fucking bother. Uh, next up, Deadly Premonition Two is getting good reviews despite horrible, horrible performance. Like a whopping eleven to twelve FPS. That's not. We're talking N sixty four level frame rate uh, on the game. Uh, they are apparently working on uh, on that. But the more notable thing this week was that apparently according to Swery, who is the head of the the company that makes the game, he's the the, the developer, um, said that some of his own friends in the trans community brought it to his attention, amongst other people on Twitter as well, that uh, there was a scene in the game specifically that was uh, particularly unintentionally hurtful to the trans community, transgender community. Uh, And so he put together, he himself put together a team uh like a diverse team from that community to evaluate that scene and he's going to rewrite the whole fucking thing and update the game to change it. And so he's been he's been out uh letting everyone know about that. I think that's pretty cool. You know, he, he, he's admitting it, especially since he's got friends that brought it to his attention and uh and not very many people would put out a game and then have that kind of thing happen. And then go out of your way to rewrite the whole fucking thing. Uh, and that whole scene. So, you know, good on good on Swery for making it happen. Next up, to keep the truck moving, Anonymous bidder pays $114,000 for a mint condition 1985 Super Mario Brothers cartridge. Damn. Obviously it was sealed and in box. Uh, and this beats the previous record for the most expensive game ever sold, which was also Mario Bros that we talked about on the podcast. It was in February of 2019, sold for $100,150.
1: Man, I wish I had bought a whole bunch of Mario Bros when I was younger and just kept them. Who the fuck's going to call that one?
0: You get 10 of those, you're a millionaire. Yikes. Well, then you have to find 10 people that want to buy them for $114,000. You'll find them.
1: them. Got a whole warehouse full of them. Sell, Sell one a year.
0: It's like, oh, crazy. I found, I found this. I just found this one. You just, you're like a diamond. You're like a diamond uh, company. It's like you're creating like false scarcity, or like, uh, and you're just like, oh, we only have like five diamonds, so they're worth like you know ninety thousand dollars a pop, and like a whole fucking vault full of just endless diamonds. You're like, oh yeah, you know, we don't have that many. and They're worth this much. Do that with Super Mario Bros. But yeah, one hundred and fourteen thousand to the anonymous
1: bidder. That's crazy. Crazy. I'd want to be anonymous to spend that kind of money on a fucking video game. (laughs) I wouldn't want to know who I am Fuck that. You know, what's
0: crazy, though. I don't I don't disagree with that investment. I bet you if people are willing to pay that right now, that that's only going to get 100% higher and higher.
1: 100% I think 25 years from now, that's like 300 grand or some shit. Yeah, I'd say another 10 years, like quarter million bucks. Yeah, no joke. Uh, you know what is a joke and is even crazier? BAFTA.
0: You know who BAFTA is. It's basically the uh, the uh, British uh, Film and Television Awards or whatever the fuck. Okay, so uh, BAFTA, I, I have it here in my notes, this is how I wrote it down in my, wrote down in my notes. BAFTA uh, loses their minds and demands some seriously specific representation in games submitted for an award. For them, in order to be accepted. So, buckle up for this bad boy. Developers competing for the prize must make sure that, and this is <laughs> at least one of the lead characters in any PC or video game entered comes from an underrepresented gra- uh, background. The total roster of playable characters should also include a 50-50 ratio of males and females as well as 20% ethnic minority 10% lgbt and 7% deaf and disabled people in order to be considered for the award a game must also feature a significant amount of characters who are from a lower socioeconomic background The diversity standards apply not only to storylines, locations, and casting decisions, but also to the developer's employees. Anyone with a UK UK game project at any stage of development and production is strongly recommended to engage with the standards as soon as possible and to consider what changes can be made to meet uh, as many of the standards criteria as possible. What? So they want they have this shit down to percentages, Jeff. They have 50-50 male female, 20% ethnic minority, 10% LGBT, 7% deaf and and, and and disabled people and do that in the game but then also to have it as the employees at the company meet the same They're split? Lost
1: on the sauce, bro. They're lost on the sauce. Who the fuck wants this award that bad? Seriously. It's a no for me, dog. Oh, that's for any award. That's
0: not a diversity award. No, that's... That's that's not
1: a diversity award. That is... an award. These guys are a joke. I'm sorry. They trying too hard. Fucking... I, I don't even wow. Have- about that, it's just insanity. It's, uh, insane. I I don't even have a rebuttal.
0: <laughs> I because uh, really, what else are you supposed to say about that? I mean, like it's like it sounds. No. It sounds like they took affirmative action as an employment idea, and then turned it to fourteen
1: out of ten, and Dude. applied it to video games. Dude, they're literally asking for people to develop games around their award and and run their company. Around their award. Around their award. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. That's a no. That's a no. <laughs> that's it. that's like the Oscars going, Hey, guys, we already are super stingent on uh what we're going to allow to be Oscar quality, but we basically need there to be 25% white people. All right. We need about 15% black. We need some 5% Asian. We need another, how many percentages am I at right now? Uh,
0: how, I, I don't even know, bro. I, know it it sounds like a, it sounds like a a, a, a list of
1: meth ingredients. Yeah, no, you know, <laughs> sprinkle some LGBTQ. All right, sprinkle some of that in there. All right, seven percent, six, between six and seven percent. You know, I'll let you figure that out. Uh, movie director. All right, it's got to be female and black. Okay. Um, lead there cannot be a lead actor or an actress. <laughs> Everybody has to have the same screen time. All right, so. If Brad Pitt has got an hour and 20 minutes of screen time, all right, Sandra Bullock needs an hour and 20 minutes screen time, all right? Robert Downey Jr. can't happen now because there's already two white characters, so you might (laughs) want to switch that into Jamie Foxx, all right? He also needs an hour and 20 minutes, all right? Actually, he needs an hour and 22 minutes because Black Lives Matter, okay? (laughs) All right? Now we need composers, all right. So we need good music, all right. Call up Hans Zimmer, but within that orchestra, all right, we need approximately eight and a half percent black, eight and a half percent white, we need twelve percent Asian, all piano.
0: one key no 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 one one person per key of the piano but the white keys have to be white people and the black keys have to be black people
1: bro (laughs) i I don't even i can joke about this all day long all right but the reality is this is fucking madness to the this is just crazy this is crazy that's a no there ain't gonna be no submissions basically you make a game in this criteria, you auto win. Well, there's only be one game doing it. One Game doing it. They doing it for the award. That's the meta right now. Oh my
0: god, bro! Just, oh, just nuts. Just absolutely nuts. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? So yeah, that was that was a a, a gong show. So don't expect any game awards coming out of BAFTA anytime soon. No. Uh and if they do give them, I promise you the person that won them or the group that won them did not meet the criteria. Uh there's just no way. That's yeah. that's the craziest thing I've heard in a long time. Uh yeah. Well, almost as crazy as this. Massive Twitter breach results in the in in verified users posting a Bitcoin wallet scam, resulting in well over $100,000 uh, in Bitcoin being obtained. It was discovered that it was a paid-off Twitter employee that gave access to the internal tool that allowed for the takeover to happen. Twitter is investigating. Accounts included may, uh, or many are high-profile pro- accounts, such as Joe Biden, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Barack Obama, Uber, and Apple. Even some gaming sites like IGN lost control. So, um, somehow in case you're wondering how intelligent the average person could be when they put this post up, it quite literally said like, if you send a thousand dollars in Bitcoin to this wallet address, I will send you back $2,000 in Bitcoin to your wallet address in return as a gift to the community somehow somebody didn't stop and think about that and not just somebody apparently a number of people didn't think about that because the uh, the wallet tracked well over a $100,000 in funds going to it so uh there you go I'm Yay! Not, there you go but i just thought that was crazy like i read that and i was like are really are people that crazy if the, thing's, if the thing just said, you know, give me your account information, I'll send you some money. You know, I can almost make a case for people falling for that shit. When somebody says, you give me $5 and I'm immediately going to give you back $10 in five seconds. Mm, it's not going to happen, bro. Maybe maybe a no on that one. But you know what is going to happen, Jeff? What? It's time to sell
1: out. What do we got going on for us this Patreon. week? Patreon dot com slash lag TV all right as Adam said earlier if you're enjoying content support it hey Jeff yeah I have to stop you I have an
0: ethical dilemma Jeff okay look I have a lot of functions that I need to get done on a daily basis on my computer but here's yeah. the thing Jeff yeah. my keyboard It's almost completely black. There's one red key, but otherwise it's completely black. There's no diversity on this keyboard. And I feel as a white man that I am oppressing the black community by using nothing but black keys. I need diversity in my keys. I need them to look different and be able to represent the cornucopia of humanity. What could I possibly use that I could have different colored keys... To do the daily things
1: I need to get done on my computer, Jeff. Well, I mean, beyond going to, like, Amazon or something and just buying different colored keys for your keyboard. That's too much effort. Okay. Well, I know a really good way that you can spice up your life. And all kinds of different icons and things that you love. (sighs) It's called a stream deck, Adam. Can I put Will Smith's sad face on one? You definitely can. And you can even put text on it called entanglement. <laughs> and every time you start it, you can you start can, another entanglement. You can start another entanglement. You can do whatever you want with the Elgato stream deck, which means if you want to have a button that goes to our podcast, you can. You want one that goes to my stream? You can. You want one that goes to Adam's stream? You can. You want one that goes to Adam's Wargaming Council website where you can check. Wargaming Council?
0: (laughs) Welcome to the Wargaming
1: Council. (laughs) You can. You can. If you want to play music, you can. You want to check out your CPU usage like I am right now, which is at a whopping blistering 9%. Damn you can you must have chrome open i do (laughs) a lot of it (laughs) if you know what if you want to if you want to put macro keys on there for your flight simulator when that crazy game comes out oh you most certainly can Mm. you want a button on there you want to turn it into a cockpit you want to have three of these uh elgato stream decks just there all kinds of buttons doing all kinds you can do that with elgato Jeff, also- can I
0: daisy chain my stream decks to control other stream decks? You so can. just for fun, if I wanted to press a button on one stream deck and it sets off a chain of events like a Rube Goldberg machine that squeezes a tube of toothpaste to the other end, can I do
1: that with my stream you deck? Can. You can do it. You can program it. I've seen some crazy things. I'm a basic bitch. All right. I just got I've got about 15 buttons on here that do take me to different things and mm. play different tunes and do all these wonderful things. But I've seen people. That quite literally have a like fifteen of these things hooked to each other, <sighs> and it's just, it looks beautiful. It's sexy. It, it's all that stuff. But hey, if you're looking for a microphone to get into the audio game, a plug and play USB, there's now the Wave products. Elgato's gotten in the audio game. I finally have set it up myself. I've been using it. It's super easy to set up. It's got a really really great software. Um, that you can install on your computer to monitor, to mix in sounds, and then you can channel that mix out to OBS or uh, uh, whatever audio uh, recording products or software that you're using. The shit is fire. Jeff, and the quality is dope. What if
0: I get really upset at White Karens on Twitter, and I get I accidentally I scream on my stream, and you know I'm worried that I'm going to get too loud when I'm yelling at Karens. Mm -hmm. which is very possible because every day of the week there's a new Karen doing something stupid
1: on Twitter. I just got to yell about it. What Can that microphone help me? It can definitely help you. You can bring down some, you can compress the craziness if you want to compress the crazy. The stuff is fire. And you know, I wish I had it on here, but unlike most microphones, it's got buttons on it that is super easy. You can like, Pushing uh, the middle button and then you can, it goes into your headphones. You can plug your headphones into the back of the microphone. So when I'm running on my treadmill, my headphones are plugged into the microphone, and then your microphone's plugged into your USB port, and then you can hear your music. All everything that you need. It's it's actually really well designed, um, and you can uh, have a mix bar through your headphones on the microphone. So you if you want to turn down your playback to zero or you want to turn it up or want to turn it down, you want to turn the in-game music or whatever you're doing up right on the microphone, you can. You don't even need to use the uh software on the PC. It's really, really great. Unfortunately, right now, it's sold out everywhere. It's sold out literally everywhere. So you have to basically daily check to see when they get new stuff in because it's it's selling like hotcakes. All right, Jeff now,
0: you mentioned you were on the treadmill with the microphone. Yeah. All right. Now I don't know if you know this, but before I lose all my hair, I've decided to become an Instagram model just to get a little, a few dollars, right? And if I'm on the treadmill and I'm doing a stream and I'm trying to get some hot Instagram pics where I'm glistening, you can't glisten unless you have the right lighting. And look, I'm in the basement and the sun only comes through the window at the right angle for like five minutes during the day and you can't get that natural light. What can you do to help me glisten for the people on my Instagram feed? I got it.
1: It's called an Elgato Key Light. <sighs> Tell me about it. Oh, well, it's not sold out. So you can go pick one up right now. If you need that premium lighting for your Instagram, your OnlyFans, your your stream, you need some, some pop, you go and check them out. Go check out the Elgato Key Light. It's what we use over in the podcast room, which we haven't been in a while. Well, one day we shall return. And if you want to get extra spicy, you can even go and pick up an Elgato Stream Deck or not Stream Deck, an Elgato Green Screen because they have those two. You know what else you got to have in your life? Well, said so, Jen? Nord VPN. <sighs> you got to have yourself a VPN. It's 2020. The world is crazy. Stay safe. Stay anonymous. Protect your IP. Protect your identity. Get yourself a VPN. Not only that. If you run out of stuff to watch on Netflix or you just want to watch different regions, they have different shows. They have different movies. Make your catalog bigger by just getting a three-year subscription of NordVPN and getting 70% off using the promo code OTT. Mm. So go have the ability to go and watch more Netflix on different regions Watch region block content, whether it's on YouTube, on Twitter, on your favorite websites, wherever it is, by one click of a button. It's super easy. Anybody can do it. My dad has NordVPN. My dad uses NordVPN. All right? It's that easy. And my dad is dog shit at technology. I'm just going to go out and say it. It Took him a long time to even learn the cell phone. All right? If he can do it, you guys can do it. Jeff, I don't want
0: jeff bezos to know that i have hemorrhoids Mm. will this help me avoid letting bezos know that i have
1: hemorrhoids be honest with you probably not because he knows everything and he's probably going to find out one way or another that's fair But but if you want the best chance possible for him not to find out that you have raging hemorrhoids yeah get yourself nordvpn mask your ip so he has no idea where it's coming from but he probably still knows that you know that you're trying to make sure that he, de- that he doesn't know that you have hemorrhoids. I mean, he knows everything to the point that the doctor that you go to to get prescribed the cream that you need for the hemorrhoids has already told Jeff that you have hemorrhoids. So chances are he's going to find out. But if you don't want your internet service provider to know how much data you're using, if you don't want people in a public Wi-Fi area to know your IP and where you're locked in at so that they can compromise your data and your privacy and all those nudes that you took on your phone that you sent over on some sort of app that already has all your information that probably Jeff Bezos has, then you should get NordVPN. And you should get it using the promo code OTT for 70% off. And guess what? It's a 30-day money-back guarantee. Within 30 days, you don't like it, you get your money back no questions asked. That is less than a cup of coffee a month. not only that you're supporting the podcast. The more you guys pick up these subscriptions, the longer these guys support the podcast. It's a win-win it is a win-win It's 2020 if you don't have a, if you don't have a, a VPN I don't know I don't know why. why wouldn't you have one It's just like it's kind of like just having a condom. If you're if you're a young guy or girl and you're out and about, hey, you might not plan to get laid, but you just never know. It's like when wearing that, a mask, Jeff. That's an even better. Hey, that's an even
0: better. If one. you're if you're out and about wear a you fucking wear mask, you wear a mask.
1: It protects you and it protects everyone else. Exactly. Exactly. So why wouldn't you have one? You might not use it every single day. A lot of people do use them every day, all day. But if you might not use it every day, you just never know when you could need your NordVPN. And at a few dollars a month, at 70% off and your support in the podcast that you enjoy. It's a win-win. Link is in the description of this video. And if you're watching this or listening to this on the RSS feed, it's NordVPN, N-O-R-D, com slash O-T-T. Go get it. Jeff, you know what time it is now? Movies and
0: TV. Oh, what do we got first up on this list, Mr. Black? As I just open this up real quick, I just got to do that just to make sure. All right. So, first up, Mist Documentary has just launched on Kickstarter. Uh, it is a, a company close to Cyan that is doing a, uh, well, it's a documentary on Mist and the making of Mist and the company behind it. Uh, the, uh, uh, random Rob Miller brothers and, uh, of course, everything that went into the games. Uh, but the really, really cool thing about this is that we're on Kickstarter and obviously I backed it immediately, mm. uh, is that they are going to take a bunch of, um, video submitted stories from some of the Kickstarters that are at certain tiers and uh it will be either be on the website and then some of them are even gonna make it into the actual documentary. People talking about their stories of playing Mist mm. when they were younger or playing Mist as a as a thing. Uh and so fingers crossed I'm hoping to get in on the on the short list. Uh, Adam's talking about his
1: his old man and him. That's right. I'm um, ho- he's I trying got- to get in that doc. He's gonna be did you, in the, did you already record the video? No, no, not yet, no. Okay, when you record the video, you gotta you gotta put in, you know all your stuff so they know that you got some notoriety on the internet so that it gets you know shared <laughs> and you need to show off all that extra shit you bought you know what I'm saying like this I'm to hard-
0: pull I've got I've got the one of a kind fucking
1: print yep bubble wrap you gotta, you gotta show all that you gotta show your fandom that's right on there, you know what I mean because they want the res- representation of pure fandom give that's it right. to them Matt. you're a hardcore fan give it to them that's right but hey I put it in here for a couple
0: reasons one missus fucking fire two I want more people to support this because I love video game documentaries in general. I don't think we have enough of them. There's a lot of like really cool uh, birth of, of video game stuff that hasn't been covered yet. There have been some people that have done um, some pretty neat things in the gaming community like cloth map and, and things as of late, but uh, there's so much like old video game shit that just hasn't been covered and having something done for for uh, Mist would be super awesome. I think they're already like... 25% or more funded, so it's looking pretty good as, uh, in terms of them getting funded. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, if you're interested in that kind of shit, head on over and, uh, and give it a look-see. Uh, next up, people talking about the Snyder Cut, the Iyer Cut. I don't, I don't even know if you, if you pronounce that or whatever. I don't even know what that would be. Personally, I know about the Snyder Cut. But now they're talking about the Peter Jackson slash uh, Guillermo del Toro cuts for the Massacred Hobbit films. There's a long Twitter thread here discussing, um, the, uh, the Hobbit films and what they went through and specifically what Peter Jackson went through, which was, I didn't even know this. Apparently Peter Jackson just about friggin' wanted to quit filming after doing the Hobbit uh, movies. Um, so let me just quickly do a read over uh, of this. Peter Jackson's The Hobbit was probably the first tentpole that Warner Brothers uh, studio executives meddled in to ruin. Everything that you hate about the film is from the studio notes. When they, got away, uh, when they got away with it on The Hobbit, hashtag Justice League and Suicide Squad were next. The executives got drunk with power. There was no love triangle in The Hobbit script at any stage. Studio executives forced reshoots to include it. Director Peter Jackson fought against it, as did star Evangeline Lilly. She was furious that they did something new to her character that she didn't sign up for, and she was right, because, as we would remember, fans reacted accordingly, despite the fact the movies made loads of money. The love triangle thing is one of the many things that, uh, that were added during the reshoots, per the studio notes that gave the Hobbit trilogy as it currently exists. It's also antithetical to Tolkien uh, that fans were offended which was, like, the major thing was, was that this was not in the original script that got greenlit. It's not it's not uh, part of Tolkien's vision. It's not part of anything. The executives just forced it in to the point where they did reshoots to fucking make it work. Uh, and the thing about Lord of the Rings is that it's going to make a billion dollars no matter how bad the movie is. It's Lord of the fucking Rings. It's, it's the same as, like, Star Wars. The Star Wars movies could be as shit from a movie perspective as possible as long as it's, like bombastic and and doesn't look like ass Mm. it's gonna make a billion dollars and so uh uh they're talking about uh about that here and then further to that um warner bros executives damaged the hobbit long before the reshoots and then guillermo del toro's story hasn't even been told yet it's the most painful loss of his career he was so committed to the hobbit he moved his family to another country including his school-aged kids uh, this wasn't turnaround hell. Guillermo del Toro uh, and Wayto workshop artists labored for three years to develop the entire world and characters. Then, to not have the full confidence of Warner Brothers Studios to complete, his vision is, uh, is a curse. Uh, when they did it again with Zack Snyder, then it continued on as it did. So, basically, they go on here to outline... That only about the first six to eight minutes of the movie were true to the original script before and and Tolkien before it all just went tits fucking up uh and people were talking about uh their uh, experiences in it in terms of being fans of Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit in general being super excited in that first six to eight minutes, which if you I watch I own the Hobbit the first six to eight minutes is that scene where they're in the um they're in the kitchen or whatever the fuck and and you know sh- shit's going on whatever. Uh, and it's very Tolkien. It's very like comedy. It's uplifted. Uh, it's it's uh, you know it's the the fucking hobbits the, and the dwarves and everything. They're all doing their thing, and then it just kind of gets weird uh, with the love triangles and all the other shit that happened in in the movies. And and you know the other point that was made here is that everyone did such a, a fucking incredible job. Like uh, who was it that played um, Smog again? Um, uh, the, Benedict Cumberpatch. Y- yep. Um. Yeah. Like everything
1: was done super well. Like all the other movies before it, but the execs came I, in and did some stupid shit. I, I didn't mind The Hobbit. Um. I know people. Obviously, it's no Lord of the Rings, but I, I didn't hate The Hobbit, and I actually quite enjoyed the, uh, sixty frames, uh, in IMAX. Oh,
0: no, it wasn't sixty. It was like forty, forty-five or something like that. It wasn't. The, it wasn't sixty. It was like a forty-five FPS or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Are you sure? I'm pretty sure it was like 45. I don't think they did 60. Maybe they did do 60. I thought it was 45. I thought they doubled the frame rate basically from 24, uh, which would be 23.94 uh, to 40. It might might have been 48. 48. Then? That was it. 48, not 40. Yeah. So they doubled the yeah. frame rate. So filmic right. is 23.94,
1: whatever. Yeah. Def, yeah. 48. 48 frames. Yeah.
0: Yeah, how did you? I never saw the 48 frames. So, what was that experience like? Was that an interesting experience? Uh, it, it it
1: it took me about an hour into the movie to really forget that I was watching something that wasn't your standard like 24 frames. Did it pull you out at all? Like, was it kind no, of like I thought it, weird? I thought it brought me in because it was in it was in IMAX 3D and 48 frames. So it was like a whole lot of like all at once. So just like collectively, it was about an hour in the movie where I really started enjoying what I was watching because in order for a movie to really feel like a movie, it's like 24 frames. And that's what it, it, it that's like a movie feel. But seeing it in 48, it just felt it was like watching um, football in like high, high definition with high frame rates and it it it's just different than what you were used to watching it and you start to like love it, it and you like you watch a different football and you're, it just doesn't feel as real did it make
0: uh, it look cuz i saw people talking about this did it make the like things like the costumes look even more it look
1: costumey like it, it, yeah, it made it look exactly it made it look like you were watching the making of um it made it feel a little that was the best way to put it when i was watching the movie i remember vividly a big scene where they were in a village, and it looked like a movie set. Like it looked like I was a fly on a wall to a movie set, but everybody was acting, uh, which was kind of weird. But as you got into it, it just it became. You didn't really think of it that way. Well, I mean, but when the I-
0: reality is we're so used to watching Twenty Four in everything for our yeah. entire lives in in terms of film and TV. I mean, some, some TV is 30 FPS and you can, even then, if you're watching like the food network and they're doing like, like a good example, I can uh, say it'd be like chopped on the food network. I don't know if you've ever watched chopped or whatever, but Mm -hmm. they have a 24 FPS camera and -hmm. then they have like a 30 FPS camera. That's more like the on the go camera. And you can, even the six FPS, you you can see it. So
1: going 48 would be like, your brain's just going, Fuck. Yeah, it was wild. It was it was wild, but I enjoyed the wild. It was really it was it was very it, it's what made it special uh watching it in theaters cuz it was just so different. So I enjoyed it. Um would you like to see a Peter Jackson cut? It's never going to happen, but would you like um, to see what his original vision was without the love triangle and all that shit? I mean, I didn't really love the movie that much to go and dedicate like another 9 hours of my life watching hobbits. Um so the answer is no. Mm. And the same thing about, you know, I guess I'm a little more intrigued about Batman v. Superman because there is a good movie in there somewhere. Um, and I, I I actually didn't hate Batman v. Superman like a lot of people did. Um, so I I think getting the Snyder cut is, is going to be great. Um, but, you know, Lord of the Rings or the Sorry, the Hobbit. Nah, I don't I don't need to see. It. I can live without it. I'd,
0: l- I'd like to see it if only because uh, because I feel like it would be more of a service to how good the, the trilogy of Lord of the Rings movies were and how serious those movies were taken in terms of staying true to Tolkien. And it was done so... I mean, name a trilogy of movies done better than the fucking Lord of the Rings, for God's sake. I that don't think they exist, exist. I don't think. Yeah. So, like, it would be... It's still Peter Jackson's baby. I think it would be kind of cool to see what... It would have been like if the studio just fucked off and let him do his thing. And really, the studio should, in general, fuck off. And There's a reason why they're hiring these people. So why they go out of their way to hire them
1: and then meddle with what they control? Because when it goes well, they want to take credit. It's what it is. Yeah, it's a, a pain in the
0: arse. Uh, in sad news, Grant Imahara, who is the host of uh Mythbusters or one of the hosts for Mythbusters, has sadly passed away. He had an aneurysm, forty-nine years old. Young. Had aneurysm. He was perfect help, but that's the thing about aneurysms is that it's it's difficult to see uh symptoms, if not impossible, a lot of the time, and it just fucking anytime creep uh, creep up and and a lot of times an aneurysm is not something you survive. Some people do, but you are lucky if you do um, so sadly we we lost grant uh, to uh, to that that was highly unfortunate and then uh also very sad Naya Rivera passed yeah. away they found her body finally and it appears that that she and her son were swimming um and then we don't know the circumstances beyond that but it seemed like oh, she yeah. uh, we, she do. got she got him to the boat. And then but like I'm guessing she lost her
1: her energy or the boat drifted away from them. That's what it was. So they were out swimming, the son had a life jacket on, rightfully so. Um she obviously didn't. Um and the boat uh started drifting away from them. So um she basically swam her and her son to the boat as fast as she could, managed to get him on the boat and in the process um Obviously, we don't know exactly what happened. We don't know if um She, she just probably ran out gassed out or she cramped just, up. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then apparently, like her son watched her, you know, Dropped go underwater. Water. It's a really sad story. Yeah. Um, she was young, uh, but you know what? She got her son to safety and uh, she was a parent and uh, did everything she could. So, um, really, tra- this is a really tragic story. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, they found, they found the boat and the son, uh, the son was like sleeping in the boat, uh, when they found him probably just cried and cried himself to sleep until yeah. somebody came and, uh, they just found her body. So that's it's really, a lot really of
0: therapy that child is going to need yeah, for really a sad. long while. Very sad indeed. Um, and the last thing I have here, this is one of the. The silliest things I've fucking seen in the hot minute. I gotta be honest with you. Nick Cannon. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> Nick, Cannon bro. Nick Cannon, I gotta keep it real, bro. Nick Cannon's a fucking joke. Um, Nick Cannon, who on his podcast dropped, which was recorded like late last year and only just got released here in the last week or two. um, Dropped some seriously anti-Semitic marks. On, on his podcast and just really racist shit in general actually uh, on the podcast and um, Viacom in retaliation, uh, or not retaliation but in reaction to it, just dropped him entirely, real uh-huh. quick it just he, he was gone, see ya bye uh, and really any company would have dropped his ass because the stuff he said was, was well it was wild and out is what it was Um and now he's demanding, after being away for a couple days, he came out and said, you know what, I'm not going to lay down and take this. And so he, he lied about trying to contact Viacom and doing a bunch of shit to, do, like, apologize and do whatever. And he's, like, talking about the real story coming out and whatnot. And he's demanding, not only is he demanding that he is given full ownership of Wild Note, but also that they issue a public apology for separating themselves from him after saying what he did. And he doubles down on the things that he said uh, on this podcast. So as to, in terms of what he said, in his podcast, this comes by way of the, uh, of the U.S. Sun, just one of the many, many publications that ran this. Just the first thing that popped up on uh, Google when I searched, because I was like, I wanted to know exactly what he said. And there's a video to it as well. In his podcast, Nick and Richard Professor Griff, Griffith, uh, Griffith, the former hip-hop Public Enemy member, uh, who, by the way, Griffith said some pretty crazy shit and has continued to say some pretty crazy shit, which was a lot of the reason why Public Enemy no longer exists. So Nick Cannon, sitting next to this guy, um, uh, said that black people are the true Hebrews and that the Jews have usurped their identity. Cannon said in and this is a quote, when we are the same people who they want to be, that's our birthright, we are the true Hebrews. The rapper then discussed skin color and claimed that people without dark skin live in fear, and this is the follow-up quote. And I'm going to say this carefully, he begins, to allege no. that people lack sufficient that people who lack sufficient melanin are a little less (laughs) those without dark skin have a deficiency that historically forced them to act out of fear and commit acts of violence to survive he said they had to be savages nick said adding that he was uh, referring to jewish people white people europeans among others More to that, which he doesn't have here, uh, but is in the video. He literally says something like, you know, the Nordic people, they're up in the mountains, they're avoiding the sun, they've got to be savages. And he said, they are, they are truly closer to animals, is part of what he said as well. another quote. Dude, he's such a dumbass, dude. He praised Griffin as a legend. He said, you're speaking facts. There's no reason to be
1: scared of anything when you're speaking the truth. That ain't the truth, bro. The truth is you're a dumbass, and you're a racist. He comes oh. off as one of those like, I listen, I, I I'm black, I have black family, I know. I, you have melanin, I, Jeff. I, I I do. You haven't had I, to run because you have melanin. For fuck's sake! <laughs> you know, there are you know, I I know a lot of people uh like to think you know just you know. W- white people uh are are racist bro there are racist black people uh Nick just- Cannon's one of them Nick Cannon <laughs> is one of them through and through and there there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of black folk and i i know some personally that are very very like they are all oh, the, be- the, the 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 term is racist i mean they 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 their their look on white people and what they have done to black people for generations uh they can't they it's not I don't want to say they can't get over it but they 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 are so there's so much hatred for because there's like there's like black folk that are very um fuck I don't even know how to put it. They're, they're, they're very into black um, culture. Like, um, it's it's hard to explain because I'm just not, I'm not like that. Um, I just have been around it and I've seen it. Like dinner ta- table. Is it, is
0: it kind of like the uh,
1: blame white people for everything kind of kind of deal? Right exactly where it's like you know you know we're in this position because of white people or we're we're in this uh you know the, the white folk trying to hold us down we can't do you know they're just so wrapped up and they be and talking it, about like their neighbors like just yeah like it could be dude it could be virtually anything and yeah. it's ext- like everything is extremely like black power like i mean like the house the 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 decor like everything is just like and hey there's nothing wrong with you know being black and proud and and uh and and representing, you know, your your heritage your heritage. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's when you got dumbasses like Nick Cannon that ultimately is black and is um a prominent black person uh in terms of like notoriety to some degree. I mean, yeah, Nick Cannon's a fucking nobody essentially in terms of like, you know, the grand scheme of thing and I don't think many people take Nick Nick Cannon as word, but at the same time, there are people that actually listen to this dude. Um, and his influence is heard obviously. And I think he tried his best. Even when he's even said, I'm going to say this carefully. He tried his best to not sound like a racist prick <laughs> like he is. And you know, the way he talks behind the scenes, I can imagine. I, I already, Boy, if this uh, is uh, him being careful, what the it, fuck is what, the real it, one? What does he say behind the scenes? You know what I mean? So this guy is, he's, he is a racist. Um, and, and he's, I mean, he said it himself. I mean, look, look at how he looks at white and, people. And, you know, this is,
0: this is racism. What he's saying is actual, like, like if you were going to say literal racism in the, in the definition of racism, not like the expanded, the expanded definition of racism that we use today, because we definitely have expanded what racism means when we say racism. This is truly ra- This is literally saying one race over another superior for for physical or whatever characteristics he's talking yeah. about melanin being a l-
1: legitimate no. thing we he look, talks about soul melanin being soul and so yes. like soul it's nuts. it's nuts it's nuts it's like listening to uh i remember listening to the joe rogan podcast with the i forget his name and i just rewatched it like again the other the other day um where the oh, fuck somebody's gonna say his name where the the black guy was um what infiltrated the KKK, and he became friends with with the leader of the Ku Klux Klan, and he started like uh, finding out uh, what the Ku the the Ku Klux Klan and stuff, uh, what what they what they believed in, and he started infiltrating them and and changing their their perspective, and he started like collecting their cloaks, and a- after he got people to like get them to to realize what they were doing is wrong, but some of their like thought processes. And the way that they looked at black people and some of the things is quite literally what Nick Cannon is saying, but on the opposite side. Well, it's like the traditional, like if you go back in like textbooks and stuff, when we
0: were bringing slaves over and they were talking about cranium size and they were talking about brains, literally the
1: same thing, just, just in the reverse flip. Daryl Davis, Thank you, Daryl Davis. And if you guys haven't seen uh, the Daryl Davis. That's a crazy podcast, by the well, way. That- podcast is nuts man and it's an amazing episode i've watched it multiple times it's very enlightening um and there's like some really good messages and stuff within that as well uh but it what nick cannon is saying dude it's racist and uh i'm happy that uh that he's getting heat for it because it's ridiculous uh it's it's i know i know a lot of white folk get uh called out on some shit a lot of times but dude there are tons of black people (laughs) <laughs> that say some ridiculous shit and that are straight up racist. And Nick Cannon, from what he was saying, you know, he believes like he actually believes the shit. Um, this isn't like something he's just saying to say it, dude. You can tell this guy literally is like brainwashed and stupid. I don't know who he learned this from, but what he's saying is Apparently just walking. the guy sitting next to him. It's crazy, bro. It's it's crazy. I know people are heated and, you know, it is what it is. But like, no, that that is just it's a big no here for me, Doug. To so no from me yeah well thankfully eminem literally ended his career so shout outs to M. It ended his musical career and now he's about yeah. to end his actual whatever other career he's got <laughs> so hopefully he got some money out of the mariah carey divorce because you know or his podcast is hopefully his podcast is doing really well and stuff because this guy's an idiot man and i hope other people call him out too like other prominent black uh people within the within that hip-hop community and the that you know BT circle or whatever else get going on they call them out on his stupid shit because it's just dumb. I think one of my favorite things to watch is
0: occasionally stuff will pop up where on Wild Note, people when they do when they're doing the rap battle uh section, the team rap battle, occasionally some people get on the show and they use the rap battle to like low-key say some legitimate things against
1: nick cannon but on his own show oh, they just do that all the time dude we <laughs> go on wild and out and just punk him off bro and <laughs> all he can do is just like awkwardly laugh about it because you know it's truthful and you know it's the only place we got, can... we're
0: all friends here huh and then inside the <laughs> goat nah bro <laughs> uh jeff what time is it tech support Every week, ladies and gentlemen, you head on over to patreon.com slash lag TV, and for $10 or more at that tier, you get a bunch of stuff, but chiefly, two major things. You're going to get access to the high-quality version of the podcast. That is like on the SoundCloud version where I upload the WAV file. Here are the crystal clear sounds of Jeff Mm. and I. Talking for the length of the podcast, you also get the ability to ask us questions each and every week on a post that I put up just before the podcast called Tech Support. And that's what we're about to do right now. We answer as many of these bad boys as possible each and every week. Uh first up, we've got uh, the number one. Oh, I, I like this trend. People are liking comments now, so I can like kind of prioritize some stuff. I like this. First one comes in from Seth. Says has M. Uh, you spell it, you got it right, Seth, it's just M, not E-M, because her name isn't Emily, uh, her name's Marcel, um, but M. Met Jeff yet? How did that first meeting go? If so, she did meet Jeff and Kayla, uh, she's known as Auntie M in the household, she thinks Kai is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Uh, Kai can't stand her because she's the weird aunt that comes over and, and wants to, like, pick him up and play with him all the time. She's got a million photos and like videos of her and Kai, and like everyone. Kai just looks grumpy as fuck. <laughs> She's just, <laughs> just constantly pinching his cheeks and shit and fucking taking videos. But Wait yeah,
1: see him, uh, next time because he's big now, man. Well, he's that's big. just
0: it. Like, oh. M's salty because she missed like the his entire like end of his toddler, well, like the uh, babyhood, and now he's in a toddler stage. And yeah, like he's getting big. Like, yeah. He's tall yeah he's yeah she's rattled about that um uh, but yeah no it, it it went well um uh you know m m is not a shy person so you know it was she went over what was the first was that very was that a ufc ufc event yeah. yeah what a time to bring her over she had to listen to we she had listened to a couple of guys talk about weed for like three hours straight that was an event Mm. Um, I listened to, uh, I listened to Scott, Scott talk about selling farm equipment for about two hours. And then, and then, uh, oh, who was it? I think it was Matt was talking to her about weed for like two hours. We were sitting next to each other on the couch. Matt was just fucking Slaughtered, standing up, he's sober up to stand up as long as he wasn't walking, talking to her about weed, and Scott sitting. Ne- I'm sitting next to him, and then Scott's sitting next to me. He's talking to me about selling tractor equipment and shit. And when we <laughs> left, she looked at me and was like, "That was an experience."
1: <laughs> I bet it was.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, it was pretty funny. So anyway, yeah, no, it it, you know, it went it went well, and she's known as Auntie uh, Auntie M, who is now, by the way, officially. A registered nurse. She passed hey, her exam. That's what's up. Uh, so she's she's all good on that and just had her birthday the other day, so we went out and had some tele-tie uh, and uh, before uh, COVID starts to spread like wildfire again because, again, nobody wearing masks, bro. Holy shit. It's crazy. Um, Let's see. I want to see if there any other ones were upvoted here. Oh, yes. <laughs> um... Well, we already go over this, but I'm going to answer it anyway because it's Aaron Carter. Aaron Carter asks, Serious question as a non-streamer and non-gamer. How would an Elgato stream deck help my day-to-day or even work-related computer experience? Well, depending, Aaron Carter, on what you needed to use it for. Let's say you were making a dope music track to lay over some hot Aaron Carter fire. Mmm. And you had your, your, your booted, your, your bootleg version of Fruity Loop Studio that you're using to make this track because you don't want to pay for the good shit. And let's be okay. honest, I'm pretty sure even Jay-Z uses a bootleg version of fucking Fruity Loop Studio to make half his shit. Anyway, any program pretty much that you can add macro keys, you can use an Elgato Stream Deck for. And you can, you can even set up relatively complex macros where it's like a sequence of button presses or whatever. So it's like, it's like some people who are streaming, even though you're saying not streamer, but just to give you an idea, they have it so that, you know, it turns, they press one button on the, on, on the stream deck, it opens up OBS, it o- and it sizes it and puts it on the screen where they want it to be. It opens up their browser windows that they need, whether it's their chat or, or uh, they're uh, monitoring their stream stuff for their uh, viewer count and, and the followers or whatever, all that comes up it all sizes into windows. It turns on, um, their smart lights in the room, um, as well. And gets, press one button, the stream room's ready to go. It boots up. It's all good to go. You can do a lot with macro keys with it. So, uh, anything that you can think of that you might be able to use a macro key with, you can use an Elgato stream deck and then just have them there instead of having to use keyboard shortcuts like crazy. You can just have a button on there. You can have them in folders for each program, uh, so that you can keep them all separate. You can then give them icons so you know exactly what every one of those things do and you don't get confused about it. Uh, that's the kind of thing that you can do with it. It's basically just think of it for anyone who's not a streamer or whatever, or a gamer, think of it as just an extension of, uh, your keyboard for, uh, macro key functionality that can be, uh, very intricate, honestly. So, Lots of people use it for lots of different things. Boom. Um. Let me go back up to the top here and see what we got. Oh, cryptic cyanide asks, "What PG thirteen movie should have been PG uh, should have been eighteen plus?"
1: <laughs> almost all of almost almost
0: of them. everything that happened before two thousand. Uh, 80s and 90s was a wild time for movies where PG-13 was liberally used uh, to really expand how many people were watching those movies and uh,
1: yeah pretty much that entire generation yeah, of film a lot. I mean I could uh, honestly I could name a bajillion movies Um, and they just make it shorter uh, make it less so that they sell more movie tickets There's there's tons of scary movies Uh, tons of action movies. Um, Hell, even Marvel type movies, you know, look at movie like Venom and stuff. Like there's tons of movies that should have been rated R or 18 plus or whatever, uh, but they just don't do it because ticket sales. And so you, you get less gore, less swearing, less um, sort of in your face violence or whatever the case may be. And sometimes that works. Sometimes it can work. And then a lot of the times you just kind of, it just could have been better. Like, it just could have been more raw and more uh, gruesome or whatever the case may be. But, yeah, tons of movies. Tons. Uh,
0: Alexa asks, if you could travel for the rest of your life, all expenses paid for, which would be normal hotels and normal plane tickets, no crazy first class stuff, would you do it? You would not be allowed to stay in the same country for more than three months at a time. What is the question again? Like... If you could travel for the rest of your life, all expenses paid for, just normal hotels and normal plane tickets, no first class stuff, would you do it? But you wouldn't be allowed to stay in the same country for more than three months at a time. So, so you right. don't have to work, you just travel, you, everything is paid for no. the rest of your life, but you just can't settle down for more than three months in any given oh, hell place. No. Hell no. Not even close. Yeah, as nice as it would be to not have that paid for, there's, there is a reason why there's no place like home. You yeah. got to have roots down somewhere and yeah. you, you know, you can't, you can't really put roots down anywhere that you're spending only three months at a time. Um, so yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I'd feel like I was constantly, even at three months, I'd feel like I was constantly living
1: out of a suitcase. I could and, do that for a couple years, yeah, but I could not do that for the rest of my life. That's yeah. insane.
0: Um uh, Logan asks, what's a positive takeaway you've had from COVID 19? Example, more time with family, appreciation of friends, etc.
1: More time with family. There's well it depends. It depends if you're living with said family or not, I guess, is the idea. Yeah, a whole lot less time with my family. Um uh, the uh I guess like my my only takeaway is I'll, like I said before, I'll probably be m- after all this is done and i'll 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 probably just be more paranoid when it comes to cleanliness like i have such a habit now of washing my hands and uh using um
0: sanitizer
1: sanitizer that like i think even after all this is said and done um i'm still going to be mindful of my surroundings and washing my hands while touching public things and stuff and i think that's like a good thing i think like ultimately is something that i probably should have thought more about uh before um that's probably going to be the only like benefit takeaway from this is just be more clean not only for myself but for other people Um, I'm a relatively clean guy anyway, but I mean, like, just like publicly speaking, just not wipe my hands on shit and fucking, you know, doing whatever, you know, if I'm not feeling well, just stay the hell home. Yeah. um,
0: That's if you can. Uh, The problem about work, the problem about work culture in North America is that it's pretty much. Yeah. Against doing that they yeah. you know they want you to go to work whether you're dying or not uh they just you work until you die in north america there is there is no sane amount of of you know sick leave or anything and even if you have sick leave it's even looked down upon using your sick leave like it just yeah it's just a a, a really poor work culture um my uh, personally i haven't had a hell of a lot uh positive the most positive thing is i got to spend more time with with them. You know, see her every day that will continue until she goes back to work. And then that's just going to basically end until this thing is over. I'm not going to be able to see her, um, uh, really, because there will be too high of a chance of her being in contact with somebody and I'm living at home with my grandmother and my parents, and that's just not going to be able to, to be a thing. So, um, so it's been nice, at least in the interim that I can spend as much time with her as I can. Other than that, it's all a crap shoot in all honesty, I you mean, know, you
1: theoretically could. You still could see her. You just wouldn't be able to see your family. I mean, you'd pretty much have to choose, right?
0: Well, yeah. But, well, I, I live here. My work is here. Yeah. Right? So I, I can't – I wouldn't be able to be in this house. Yeah. And so the only options would be to find an apartment or a place for both of us to move in together, which mm-hmm. would literally be pissing away eight to $900 a month for, it would be crazy for us to do that just for, just for that purpose. It would be, both of us have already talked about it. It financially would be, it'd be silly to do. Uh, we'll live with, you know, tele, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do telephone stuff, we'll do fucking video calls, see each other, you know, be able to go over and, you know, talk to her, you know, whatever the usual thing, but yeah, we're not going to be seeing each other for quite some time. Um, when that happens, it's just the reality of it. So um, yeah, it's, a, everything else is a bit of a, is a, a bit of a crapshoot. The only other upside I can think of is that for all the, all, for all the insanity, um, everyone being at home and having more time to think about, uh, how much bullshit the economy and the government is in more than just the States. I mean, Canada, in UK, other countries, um, it's giving people more time because they didn't have to work as much. A lot more people didn't have to work as much. To they're not they're not they're not churning out, you know. They're not they're not pushing pencils, and so they have more time to think about this shit. And so you're seeing all of these these people now getting involved in uh, protesting against things and and bringing things up to the government about you know what the fuck is going on here and what and things like. Um, how many more people can work from home and it affects absolutely nothing about their job or how much, uh, how much that a reduced work week also has not really, what does not affect output in most cases and why in, in some countries they're looking at a four day work week or already have a four day work week in, implemented because as it turns out, working your people to death does not necessarily produce more production from your people they get burnt out and then they produce less over time and um you know so uh, things like that have kind of like pressed the, this whole thing's pressed the fast forward button on a lot of social issues that have been put aside in large part because everyone is so busy working themselves to death they do not have time to think about how they're getting fucked in the ass by the government pretty much on a daily basis um so that's pretty much the only thing I can think of that's positive coming out of this uh, is, is just that. I mean, we're we're discovering a lot. Like for example, the stock market affecting you and me. Uh, and le- the answer is no. It actually doesn't. It, it affects almost nothing. And the stock market has barely gone anywhere. The, the people that have a lot of money are making money right now. There is no the like stock market means like so like everyone's always been like oh if the stock market goes down, economy is going to crash, the whole world's going to come to a fucking end. Guess what? This bullshit doesn't really mean all that much at all. Uh, so things like that uh, that have been brought to light at this point are, are interesting. People dumping stuff, going and buying up gold and shit. It's just people that have money and lots and lots of it. The people that are controlling the shit, like a Jeff Bezos and uh, Bezos and and fucking that shit. Th- that kind of stuff has been brought to light much more quickly now. That's what it is. That's probably the most positive thing that's come out of this whole thing. And I'm happy. North America's way behind the fucking times. A lot of European countries are way fucking ahead of us. We're repeating all the mistakes the European countries already made because we have this thing where we need to. We, we have to we just go out of our way to repeat mistakes <laughs> uh, over and over again. But yeah, it's, it's, if you think about it, like the working, the working day, you work in an office. Anyone's working in an office... The minute that a lot of people will it be the same thing. I did the same thing as well when I worked in the office. You go in. You're there for eight hours. You're probably doing about four hours of work. And then the rest of the day, you're making it look like you're doing work. That's office work. For the vast majority of people. For everyone else... There's,
1: there's MasterCard.
0: There's MasterCard. Uh there are two will asks there are two movies in a theater would you rather see one with a critic score of 80 and an audience score of 30 or one with a critic score of 30 and an audience score of 80 i go audience every time
1: almost every time because there's it it depends on the genre yeah i'm i'm uh... depends on the genre
0: I am almost always more interested in the audience score than the critic score. With the with the exception being when a movie gets review bombed and shit like that. Obviously that's fucking whatever. But there have been there have been let me put it this way I guess for me. There have been more movies that I have watched that are critically acclaimed by critics that I haven't enjoyed as much as movies that have been acclaimed by the audience but panned by critics. And I've enjoyed those movies like there' the there's more of that type of movie than there is in on the critic side
1: yeah i find i find um i pay more attention to critics on uh more serious movies um dramas um character pieces um I value critics more because they have more of a critical um Outlook, a lot of casual people get bored of good storytelling, of good um, filmmaking, because casual. a lot of casual fans are casual fans. They want to go in, have explosions, or be scared, or laugh. Um, They want these things, and they don't want kind of like eating a lobster. Some people just don't like eating lobsters because it's too much work to get to the meat. And I find there are genres where you have to break apart those shells, you know, there are layers to the shit. Um, And then, you know, sometimes the critics get it right um, or at least are on a better understanding of what the film was trying to do, because I think there's a difference between films and movies. Um, I know that they're the same, but in terms of like more of a critical speak. I I think true filmmaking critics do a better job at it, the very least um, conveying what the what the what the director and the tone of the movie was going for. Everyday people, you can have phenomenal film telling. You know, S- something crazy like um, I, I I don't I I can't even think of a movie off the top of me. You could have an amazing film that is deemed. Not the, the most exciting movie, but it's an incredible storytelling. And people are like, dude, I fucking fell asleep. I couldn't stand that movie. Oh, my God. It was so boring. When when did this movie start? And, they you know, they use the, the term slow burn. Um, and, you know, it is, it's just like Joker, for example. You know, cri- a lot of critics loved Joker. I absolutely adored Joker. And then I know people, a lot of people that were like, dude, Joker sucked. It was boring. I, I, oh my God, like, oh, and it's like, dude, you, you know, hey, it's your opinion. So, but when it comes to comedies, scary movies, I, I tend, tend uh, even like Marvel films, like uh, just movie going experiences, I tend to, to go with, uh, an audience score. If I see a critic score, that's like 30, 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. And then audience score is 80 or above chances are I'm probably going to gel more with the audience than I am the critics. But if it's a really good critical movie and it's like 90s in the, in Rotten Tomatoes, but it's like 70 in in the audience score, chances are I'm going to really enjoy the movie and I'm more likely going to go on the side of the critics. It's not that every time. There has been times where I've been burned, but a lot of the times uh, it, it, it's genre-based for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, for me, it's just... For me, it's just more often than not, I'm going to be closer to the audience score than the critic yep. score because, especially movie critics, unless you find, the thing about critics is like just anything else with critics, unless you find a critic that is very similar to your own tastes, critics mean nothing. Only the, the only critics that mean anything are the people that are, are representative of your tastes in whatever medium you're consuming, whether it's movies, television, video games, books, yeah, what have you. So, an overall critic score has always mean like almost dick to me. It's from a critic perspective, it's what critics do I uh, that are close to my personal tastes? And then the overall com- uh, uh, community score is a reasonable, uh, other than bombing average. So, I, I, yeah, I, even when it comes to like critically acclaimed, like boring movies you can go and look at them and see the people that are like, one star, this was boring. You're like, okay, well, obviously I don't need to fucking listen to this. This person's just giving a one-line one review of some shit, whatever the fuck. Uh, but yeah, more often, more often than not. But honestly, it's not super common for those to be wildly off-base unless the users are just bombing the fuck out of it. If the movie's got really good critic scores, the user score is usually plus or minus 20% of the critic score. If anything, it's normally the critic score is super low and the user score is super high. That's where usually the disparity is. If there is going to be one, it's usually in the opposite where it's, it's super
1: big. Uh, you know, comedy. Oh, f- oh, for are sure. Stretch because critics just got to stick up their ass a lot of yeah. the time so people just like to go and laugh at a kevin hart film or laugh at whatever and it could be it could have like a 90 percent of rotten tomatoes but a 15 percent critic score because they just they want something unique and different they've seen it a million times but a lot of people just want to see the same they just want to go and laugh it and have a healthy escape for two hours so yeah yeah yeah. yeah. sit there and <laughs> yeah uh
0: super comic guru asks what's the hardest game you played as a kid
1: As a kid. Hardest game. Uh, I'd probably go with uh I'd probably go with Contra. It's a game I just never could beat as a kid without using cheat codes like and getting more lives. Um yeah, I'd probably go with Contra. And I'm when I'm saying when I'm thinking a kid, I think of a kid as in like Yeah, like young, young, like sub ten. Like, Exactly, exactly. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm going to say one that people are probably going to have to Google. It was a Nintendo Entertainment System game. It was called 3D World Runner. Lit- you, you literally could put on 3D glasses if you wanted to play it in 3D mode. You, you pressed, I think, select to turn on the 3D mode. But uh, look it up if you want. I've watched somebody play through it the whole way. I never fucking came close to beating that game as a kid. Uh, I played a lot of that and um, Rad Racer. Were like two games I played. Rad, a lot more people will know Rad Racer, which I also never came close to beating. Rad Racer, that game kicked my ass. But 3D World Runner, look that shit up. That game kicked my ass hard. Uh, I even played it a couple times. You know, you used to get cereal boxes. You get like through 3D glasses in them. Mm. You would slap those bad boys on and play some 3D World Runner. Uh, yeah, those were that. That kicked my ass uh, for sure. I actually beat Battletoads. Not by myself. It was in an arcade at White Point Beach Lodge with my cousin Ben when we were like fucking 10 years old or 9 years old or some shit. And we played that arcade to death. The two games that were there were Golden Axe and Battletoads. Mm, Both hard. Both difficult games. And uh, weirdly enough, we never beat Golden Axe, but we did beat Battletoads. I don't think I could beat Battletoads now.
4: <laughs> no.
0: That game is crazy. So, yeah, definitely not. It looks weird. Oh, yeah. But 3D, World Runner, uh, 3D World Runner is like almost a vaporware game. It's one of those, like it, it might as well have come out of a cereal box. I don't even remember how I got it. I think somebody just gave it to me at some point, uh, along with Rad Racer. But uh, yeah, Rad Racer, funnily enough, also had a 3D mode that you could turn on. Uh if you wanted to. So yeah, anyway, that that that's my out and left field g- game that kicked my ass when I was a kid. Uh let's get one more. Uh oh Forlorn Egoist asks if you could remove one game from existence as though it was never made, which game would you choose?
1: Mm. Game that was never made, which would you choose? That's a tough one.
0: Alright, people are going to hate me for this. They're going to fucking hate me for this, okay? (sighs) Shenmue. Alright. Here's why. Hear me out on this one. Not only is Shenmue a shit video game, and people are going to hate me for that too, but not only is Shenmue a shit video game, but it also coined the term and popularized one of the biggest plagues that stuck with console gaming and is still occasionally around more than it should be. You know what that is? Uh. Quick time events. Mm. Get rid of Shenmue, and we don't have to suffer through mash X to turn crank, press X 15 times to open door, press Y 15 times to wave across the room. Do it like, all that's gone. So fuck a Shenmue, get quick time
1: events out of here. A game that just should not exist. I'm trying to think of a game.
0: Press F to pay respects. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go.
1: Um, Jeez, man. That's a tough one. That is a very, very tough one. I don't want to take Fallout 76 because, I mean, if it exists or it doesn't exist, it's it doesn't not. It really- change, doesn't change a damn thing. Um, man.
0: Here's one, Kingdom Hearts. Fuck Ooh. that whole franchise. Ooh, and fuck Namura because Namura got his grubby little hand, dirty little hands, all over Final Fantasy 7 remake and shit all over it and turned it into Kingdom Hearts. So fuck Kingdom Hearts.
1: <laughs> Realm Royale. <laughs> i just hate to see the potential just go to go to waste i'm gonna just say realm because well whether it exists or it doesn't i know it doesn't affect anything but the fact that they had such greatness at the palm of their hands and it went to shit the moment they let Ninja so touch- is it that you
0: want to get rid of do you want to get rid of the game or do you want to get rid of erez i guess it's the real question.
1: <laughs> E-Rez. Let's get rid of Erez and have all <laughs> go in the hands of somebody else. All right. There you go. <laughs> Man, Snatching buddy. defeat from the jaws of victory. Exactly. Man, dude, what a what a sad story that was. Yeah, it was absolutely brutal. Uh there you go.
0: That's how that's how we ended. Poor Realm Royale. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a three hour and thirteen minute long podcast man um i yeah it's time to go eat i so hungry i got more birthday cake upstairs to get through i already had a piece today i'm not done i'm about mm. to re up mm. on the birthday cake um but yeah it also means that 3 hours as soon as a video on on youtube is 3 hours and 1 second the processing time goes from normal to fucking forever mm. and so i'm looking forward to staring at the processing screen for god knows how long while this thing fucking processes Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for stopping by and watching Technical Alpha Live. We hope you enjoyed yourselves this week and any other week you've been here. If you're listening to this on iTunes or any other platform, you have a chance to rate it. Rate it if you have the opportunity. Do that. And if you can also take the time to head on over to YouTube, smash the like button and give a comment. Helps us there too. And of course, if you want to go the full way, you can head on over to patreon.com slash lag TV to financially support the podcast and keep this train moving. Casual reminder that even though right now it'd be difficult, not impossible, but difficult. We do have a benchmark to hit for bringing back lag TV versus people Mm. were bringing that up to me uh, the other day on stream dude and i was I, like look I, we are within sh- we are within fighting distance of hitting that mark on patreon to make it happen in some way bro. how we would do it right now i don't know but
1: i i i think i think if we hit that mark then fuck that i say we we bring back and we watch old episodes together and we just do that too reacts to old when cheese fails you know what i'm saying and I think that shit would be funny as fuck. And I, it's been so many years since I've seen these episodes that, like, it would be like watching something new again and cringing at, like, our what we're saying and doing. Like, I think that shit would be entertaining as fuck. And I think a lot of late TV fans would come back to rewatch that series. Absolutely. Uh, so I think that'd be funny.
0: And Absolutely. we
1: can do remote. You know, we can yeah, do Yeah,
0: exactly. It's a thing we can do remote, which is yeah. which is good and, you know, really easy for us to do. So there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for stopping by and listening to this podcast. Spread the word to somebody else. If you think they'd enjoy this podcast as well, that's probably the ultimately the best thing you could possibly do, is that. Yep. To help this podcast grow. We'll see you guys next week for more Techno Alpha. Until then, thank you so much for watching and listening, and all your support. Stay safe. Wear a fucking mask. For God's sake, we'll see you next time. Peace! Peace! Bye.